Ev and Biz. Ev and Biz. And you can always follow me on Twitter. Adam Curry, John C. DeVore. It's Sunday, July 10, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 320. This is No Agenda. Filled with merriment, happiness, and even exhilaration at high doses here at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackbot Command Center, Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And in northern Silicon Valley, where they're concerned about the Oakland Zoo, I'm John C. Dvorak. Hey, it's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> Sorry about that. What was that? Uh, misfire. Uh. Yeah, so we had a Mickey's birthday party last night. Yeah, I was going to come down for that. Yeah, no, you weren't. Yeah. yeah it's like Mickey even said when she sent out the invites two months ago, uh, should I invite John? I said, nah, I, I don't think uh, you should worry. I, I think the invite would have reminded me to come down if I didn't, but I didn't get it. So yeah, no, you got the invite. Uh, so what about it? So how was it? How happy birthday to Mickey? Yeah, yeah. Her her birthday was uh, Friday, and oh, uh, add her to the birthday call out list. Add my daughter too. She's hers is uh, coming up I, on uh, well, Monday. Thanks for listening to the show, but I uh, congratulated Mickey on uh, on Thursday's show. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't you remember? Well, put my daughter on. This <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me just put it in here. Jay, Jay. I can't believe uh, Buzzkill Junior didn't do that. Yeah, well, he never. He doesn't. <laughs> he's kind of like me. Doesn't keep track of birthdays very well. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, he he is indeed a bit like you. But anyway, it was really nice because uh, every, every single per. Uh, except for like four, five, four who canceled and you, uh, everyone else came. Really? Yeah, everybody came. And well, uh, who's everybody though? I mean, just it, locals. I mean, did somebody yeah. fly in from out of town? Uh, Molly Wood flew in from out of town. She's here. She's in my bed right now. Well, that must have been fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know that the uh, the studio is, of course, uh, <laughs> the studio is uh, right in the spare bedroom, i.e., Mickey's closet, where the arrow bed resides. And I'm like, hey, Molly, you know, baby, you know, unless you want to like get, uh, you know, like uh, crackpot and buzz killed, you may want to move, <laughs> get out. So, uh, but it was good. No, it was it was a good party, man. And Mickey had a DJ and uh, and uh, all beautiful people. Of course, she she only knows beautiful people. And uh, and the cops uh, shut us down, which was kind of cool. Oh. <laughs> it was unbelievable. She had gone to every single neighbor, invited them. Now most people here are you know not they're too old. And um, so I, I yeah a couple of neighbors showed up, but she had you know said hey, we're going to do a little party, and I was oh that's cool, great, thanks for letting us know. And then the cops come at 10 past 1. Some 10 past guy, 1? Yeah, some guy from across the canyon. <laughs> well, you guys must have been awfully loud. Well, I think the, the music was like hitting the, the back wall and then probably going all the way down to the Hollywood Bowl. I don't know. Oh, because you were getting a lot of bass notes. <laughs> yeah, we had the subwoofer pumping. One party in a year and a half, and then the cops show up. Yeah, well. And Mickey actually thought for a second, oh, did you order strippers? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Someone nice, hey, take your clothes off. Were they hot cops? <laughs> no, they were okay. You know, they're like Hollywood cops. You know. Um, so what's, uh, well, you won't have this problem. Well, actually, you probably will have the problem in Vegas. No, man, we're going to be in the desert. We're going uh, tonight. We're going to go for a, a, a quick day trip tomorrow. We're going to look at, uh, at places to live. 
in Vegas. Well, look for a place that doesn't have a lot of nearby neighbors. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it's. I think that's kind of hard. It's all the, like these weird communities. And, yeah. Uh, oh, good luck. Anyway, um, hey, in the morning to you, Johnny Boy, uh, Jean Claude Dubois. You and all the ships at sea, I want to say hello, and also to the feet on the ground and the uh, feet in the air and everybody in between. Then the boots up your butt. And, of course, uh, everyone in the uh, chat room live as we stream this twice a week, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Good to see you all there, uh, charged up and ready to go exactly the way your government loves you. Uh, So uh, it's done. Done deal. What? Uh, marijuana is uh, officially uh, not only useless. Yeah, completely useless. <laughs> the report is out. Two reports came out. We had. Uh, uh, I I love the uh, USA Today had. It was you know it's like real coincidental how this uh, how this news propagates throughout the uh, compromised media. Uh, so USA Today reports on um, a memo from the U.S. Department of Justice in Washington, which says state laws allowing medical marijuana has opened up the door to abuses and calls for legally targeting large to get large scale privately operated industrial marijuana cultivation centers, as well as distribution operations known as dispensaries. So, th- so this is it. This is the Obama administration just saying, screw y'all. We don't care what you feel as a state. We're, the federales are coming in. And uh, I, for one, can't wait to see Jerry Brown uh, call out the uh, California National Guard and defend us against the feds. Brown will do it? Yeah, sure. He's old enough. He doesn't care. <laughs> he, yeah, I think He's he got does. no future. He's not running for president. He's going to tell him to shove it. You watch. You really think so? Because that would restore oh, my confidence no, in the guy. No, really? Yeah, yeah, they're not going to put up with this. The state of California has long since we led the way in medical marijuana. For some unknown reason, we didn't vote to legalize it, and I think that's kind of... The weird thing about it. Deplorable. We have a state filled with Democrat liberals yeah. that run the place, and then they can't... And then all the, my life, my entire life since I was a little kid, <laughs> in California, all I heard was, oh, it's going to be legalized any minute. Oh, it should just be legalized. And so they get the chance to legalize it, and they vote no. <laughs> nope. Oh, let's not do that. So anyway, but that's another story. But the fact is, it is uh, there is a uh, medical use, and uh, well, yeah, there's may, may, ho 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 ho. Excuse me, this is this I, is not true. Let me give you the details of the report. Oh, the details. I have yes. the details. Yes, here's the most important parts. Um, so first of all, uh, now they've reclassified this, um, so it's now uh, officially as dangerous as heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Thank you, love. <laughs> it's like, yeah, my weed is just like heroin, everybody. Sure. But the the report was actually pretty funny. Uh, here's the negative, uh, the top 10. Oh, we need a drum roll, really. Top 10 negative effects of marijuana. This is from page 10 of the report. You can find it in the show notes at uh, 320.nashownotes.com. Number one negative effect. Dizziness, nausea, Tachycardia? Uh, uh, what is it? Tachycardia? Yeah, well, I know how to pronounce it, but now that you've said that word, I can't <laughs> get it out of my head. How do you pronounce it? Uh, uh, Tachycardia? No, no, it's not anything. T a c h y. I know what it. I know the word. Okay, well, what does it mean? Anyway, uh, I think it means coughing or okay. something. Okay, Facial- I'll, I'll look it up on the book of knowledge. <laughs> this is a yeah. Please, uh, please do that. Consult the book of knowledge. Uh, so it continues, facial flushing, dry mouth, and tremors. Number two, negative effect of marijuana, 
merriment, happiness, and even exhilaration at high doses. <laughs> That's negative. This is on the negative How is that page. Negative. It's the negative page. Yeah, this is negative. <laughs> oh, it's negative. It's negative. Oh, oh, uh, uh, yeah, it's also called arrhythmia, which is the, uh, the you get your heart going, it means. That's what it means. <laughs> um, Cardia or tech. And how is it pronounced? Tecardia, maybe? No, it's not pronounced. Yeah. It's, 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 as soon as you hear the pronunciation, you go, oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I use this word all the time. Uh, continuing. Uh, disinhibition, relaxation, increased sociability, and talkativeness. How can this be on the bad page? I don't get it. It goes on. Enhanced sensory perception, giving rise to increased appreciation of music, art, and touch. This is so bad. Negative. Heightened tachycardia, 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 yeah. Heightened imagination leading to a subjective sense of increased creativity. Time distortions. In, you get increased creativity. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this on, is bad. This is on the negative page. I kid you not. <laughs> illusions. They're del- putting you on. No illusions, delusions, hallucinations, especially at high doses. Well, yeah, that's why we take it. Impaired judgment, reduced coordination, and ataxia. Which can impede driving ability, a taxia. It's like when you want to drive a taxi cab or something. Ugh. It can lead to an increase in uh, risk-taking behavior. This is that's bull crap. I mean, I was a pothead for uh, ten years, hardcore. I wasn't taking any risks. I'm like, <laughs> let me let me think. I have the munchies. Do I want to risk walking to the kitchen? I don't <laughs> Do I want to risk buying peanut butter? <laughs> <laughs> Emotional liability, incongruity of effect, dysphoria, disorganized thinking, inability to converse logically, agitation, paranoia, confusion, restlessness, anxiety, drowsiness, and panic attacks, especially in inexperienced users or, th- or those who uh, have taken a large dose. And finally, uh, the number 10 uh, negative effect of marijuana Increased appetite and short-term memory impairment. Please. And that's actually one of the major benefits for people who are, you know, taking or are undergoing cancer treatment is increased appetite. It helps you, makes you want to eat and helps you keep it down. So So we're crazy. And this is from Obama, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it's not from Obama directly. It's from Obama. Screw it. It's from Obama. It's just, it's nuts. It's completely and utterly nuts. So now this is like a, a grade A top class drug. How, how about, you know, it's almost as though they're trying to see how much, uh, how much, how far they can go yeah. with Obama before the, before the Democrats, the liberals and the progressives say, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute, dude. It's not good. Yeah, it's, it's an outrage. And it's, a taxi has got to do with you get so relaxed you can't drive. I guess I don't know. Uh, Off the road you go. Uh, you know, as as we've discussed on this show, um, I have done an experiment flying a helicopter while uh, under the influence of marijuana. <laughs> with I with you get a bunch of negative. You get no, an email. no, no. Hold yeah. on a second. It was a test with an instructor, with a professionally licensed instructor, and it was his idea. He's like, hey, hey, let's see how you do. <laughs> <laughs> when you know, whenever a, a helicopter guy says, "Hey, let's see how you fly stoned," that's probably not a good idea to hop on board. But uh, no, and I was actually great. 
best landing ever. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it didn't imp- it's, uh, it didn't impair my flying abilities. But I digress. But anyway, so the, so that's. Uh, Oh, what is this? Why is Internet Explorer opening up? Go away. You know, Buzzkill Jr. mentions on the on the little back channel that, uh, well, you know, well, if you take a look at that laundry list, good and bad, how do you, does that compare to all those drugs that are advertised on TV like Paxil and all the SSRIs, those those inhibitors, in yeah. terms of all these, in terms of driving, in terms of all this other stuff, and they're pushing you know, Prozac down the throats oh, of people. No, that's the good stuff, man. And Adderall and all that stuff you got to uh, give, give to the kids. No, that's awesome. That's yeah, that's good. And and then a, a weed, a crummy weed that grows in the backyard is bad. Okay. <sighs> yeah, it's, uh, and, you know, I have a problem with our spreadsheet today. Uh, it just needs to be stretched open. No, no, it's 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 wanting to open an Internet Explorer. Uh, it's uh oh, I got it. I got mine fine. Uh, Why would an XLS want to open an Internet Explorer? This is a very good question. That uh, sounds like that. Oh, I see. Uh, somehow it got named XLS.xml. Oh, jeez. How, 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 how do I change that? <laughs> JC, resend him that that spreadsheet. Don't send anything with it with the. I think he probably saved it as an XML, you know, because now. No, I don't it, think he did. I I think something screwed up here. Yeah, oh. uh, I can. Read, I just want to have it for our producers. But anyway, uh, so th- that just uh, is like that just blew me away. Yeah, it's like wow. Oh no, that was amazing. Uh, you know, just and then there's the thing he won't he won't back the you know he's supposed to be big big gay you know oriented president for the gays and he still and he he screws them on this don't ask don't tell thing oh that's a scam and then he yeah. refuses to back the gay marriage thing so uh so he's full of crap yeah well, when are the Repub- when, i'm sorry when are the the democrats the, the progressives and the liberals going to see through this guy or say something you know, they always be, you know, these are the same people that complain, or I guess everybody complains about all oh, the Muslims, the, the Muslims, uh, they don't complain about their own radicals, you know, and I don't see our radicals complaining about this, this Republican president. I no, know. no one is complaining about it. And, and, you know, for the first time, I've actually, um, I've actually noticed that there are hardcore uh, Democrats who are saying maybe it would be better. If and I love this because this is actually something that uh, that we predicted. Maybe it would be better if Obama just uh, decided not to run for uh, for a second term. And I'm like, uh huh. So this is hardcore Democrats saying this. Yeah, good, right? And well, there's another thing going on. I have a bunch of clips. We'll play them throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Friedman. Oh, the uh, now he's uh, first of all he's like a spook, right? Didn't he write well, the, we, the, fl- we, well, the flat Earth? Or- let's just say he's like won a lot of Pulitzers. He's in the New York Times. He's got a hype. He's very flamboyant. He's on this. He's on a lot of talk shows. He's he doesn't follow the normal New York Times reporter pattern of being kind of sedate, and not saying a lot, and not showing up on everything he can. Mm-hmm. And he also wears a white shirt instead of a blue shirt. <laughs> Uh, not that you know, these are indicators, but he he always seems to be in like Damascus, right? <laughs> Coincidentally, in Damascus, where we're where we're and about he's to take now over the foreign affairs columnist, and he seems to have a hidden message in everything he says. Uh, 
I don't know what that means, if that means he's a spook or not, but it seems to me that he seems to be well-connected. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was at the, the this other organization, the Aspen Institute. Oh, that sounds like a good one. They had, a, well, it's, it's a very famous operation run by an ex-Time uh, Magazine editor, ex-CNN uh, uh, guy. And he, uh, it's this is loaded with the, with these characters. So now, was and, this on C-SPAN? Where did you see this? Yes, it yeah. was on. Yes, indeed. Yeah, <laughs> and so I knew you'd be uh, doing it. And so uh, they had this meeting. It was called the Idea Festival or some crap. Oh. And so Friedman's on there, basically letting us know uh, in great detail what the uh, what the litanies are, what the things we should be looking for. And and I thought one of the more interesting one was. Uh, it seems to be some sort of a promotion toward a third party. Hmm. And he mentioned that uh, just to stir, just to screw things up, by the way. And I don't know if it was the level of seriousness or whatever, but if, we can, if you have, want to play a couple of these clips, yeah, yeah, sure. I think you'll get a couple of uh, interesting... Um, well, which one do you want to hit? Cause you got well, like let's try. First of all, let's try... The, the, the throwing in our face clip is the one I want to use later, which is just an amazing clip. But I want to talk about third parties first, so let's play the Friedman third-party Bloomberg douchebag clip. <laughs> don't think a third party can win for a lot of reasons, but what we say, our conclusion in the book is there's just two things we'll tell you about a third party. One is it won't win the next election, and two, if it's led by a Bloomberg, it'll have more impact on the next president than the person who does win. Because let's remember what Ross, Ross Perot won almost 20% of the vote. You know, at one point he had 40% of the polls, and he was nuts. He thought little black, he, he thought little black helicopters were chasing him. Imagine, imagine that Michael Bloomberg runs. He doesn't need a dime from anybody. He takes as his economic plan Simpson Bowles. He attaches onto it, you know, a, a carbon tax, you know, to raise money for, for government research. Whatever, you know, you could imagine what the agenda is. I tell you, Walter, He'll, he'll, he'll get more than, than Perot's 18.9% of the vote. Um, and I think it would really shake up the system. And this system needs shaking up. We are trapped, I think, in a corrupt duopoly. Um, and, and basically, you know, I'll tell you this. The one thing about the Internet and the hyper-connected world, it has flattened every hierarchy in the world, from the New York Times okay, to uh, banking industry, it's flattened every hierarchy in the world except the two-party system. Correct. And that will not remain. Yeah. Uh, that is a prediction that I will make. I, I think this is going to be a radical election unless, in my view, and this would be my first choice, unless Barack Obama becomes the third-party candidate. <laughs> you know, it takes us back to Lincoln, who, when the Whigs and the uh, you know, Democrat-Republican <laughs> Party were corrupt back then, uh, you get a movement that right. eventually changes things. Let me open it up. Since you know what was interesting before you respond? Um, for someone to say, oh, he believes in black helicopters, uh, I, I, think, saw, yeah. I think that's well proven. And, and, and we had the so-called stealth black helicopter go pick up Osama bin Laden. I mean, please. Well, so what are you saying well, here? Well, not only that, but, you know, Perot apparently was threatened by some... By a black helicopter. Pretty much. Yeah. Wow. And, and then, of course, uh, uh, Friedman, who is a uh, apparatchik of some sort mm. um, for some agency or someone or some group, 
uh, he throws in the carbon tax thing gratru- gratru- uh, oh, gratuitously. Yeah. Yeah. Just says, yeah. and of course we can have a third party and they can get stuff done like the carbon tax. Yay! Like and Australia. That's what we want. Yeah. Uh, well, while on that topic, I don't want to take go to run all my clips to death here, but play the carbon tax clip. This, did you know this is going on? Yes, I, I, I have. I have this as a. Actually, I don't have a clip, so I'm glad you got one. But I, I was astounded by this. One day. In the meantime, we're closely watching uh, what's happening here in Australia as well. Uh, today is the final trading session before we get the details of the government's long-awaited carbon price or the carbon tax, whatever you'd like to call it. Ah, advertising. We're expecting to see a carbon price set at 23 Australian dollars a ton. It will be applied to 500 of the country's top polluters. Now, this is down from the 1,000 that the government was initially targeting. This is because it's exempted petrol or fuel from the carbon scheme, something that it needed to do in order to get this. uh, How does that work? How does that work? How is this? Pol- I like the way they've just equated. This is like the renaming of the of fructose corn syrup into sugar. Yeah. They've just basically renamed the, the emissions of carbon dioxide, like when you exhale, yeah. into polluter. Pollution, yeah, pollution. Hey, shut your pie hole. You're polluting. Scheme across the line from a number of those country or rural independents. We've heard as well from uh, Andrew Wilkie. He's a Tasmanian lawmaker, uh, and he says that he will be supporting the government scheme. So, uh, as such, we don't expect to see any hurdles through the parliament. So, once the uh, legislation is unveiled, it's expected to make a clear passage. Uh, we did speak to the finance minister Penny Wong earlier on Squawk Box Asia. This is what she had to say about the government putting the final touches on the scheme. Hey, what is this? This guy playing clips? What is he taking our gig? What's up with that? <laughs> like what we have been focused on is uh, understanding that this is a very important economic reform. It's not just an environmental reform. It is about transforming the economy. And that means you have to look at the nature of the market mechanism, the nature of the price signal, and what transition arrangements <clears throat> pardon me, that you need to put in place to support uh, industry uh, as well as households through this transition. We're also expecting to see uh, a rather large uh, compensation package announced uh, with this carbon price that will go to compensate some of the polluters until they get uh, the carbon pricing under their belt. Also will go to compensate households because we're expecting to see large increases in uh, the cost of electricity, food prices as well as those polluters pass those costs on uh, to consumers. Carolyn, back over to you. you know, and, the, and the crazy thing is is that uh, the, the new... Uh, as a prime minister, I think, uh, Gillard had said, you know, uh, we're not going to have a carbon tax. And look how fast it went from we're not going to have one to, uh, well, you know, here it is. It's going into play priced. this weekend. They've priced it. Yeah, they've they priced, priced it. it. Here's the thing. And here's some kind of what I didn't want to pull that whole clip because there was something in there was slightly annoying because it was because you had said this about three years ago. And I think, I don't know whether you remember or not, it's not in the red book, but it yeah. would have been. We didn't have a red, had a red book at there. the time, which yeah. was that this isn't about, and the guy says it, or she says it right in the little clip there. She says this isn't about doing anything about pollution or anything else. It's about changing the economy. Yep. Which means, you know, it's changing from a from a uh, uh, species-based, uh, wealth-based economy <laughs> from to a, a carbon economy. It's from, uh, from a uh, human beings being able to survive economy to a screw ya. <laughs> you need to be dead. And, of course, then they also mentioned to just pass it along to the consumers. So in other words, just jack up everybody's prices. Mm-hmm. 
as a way of getting more money into the tax coffers and under a scheme that's just bogus. Carbon tax, it doesn't do anything because involved with it is this cap and trade fiasco. And the whole thing is... Well, it's like, you know, the UK, so they've... Uh, what's wrong with Australia? Well, it's it's all part of the uh, the Queen's uh, empire in Gitmo Nation East. Uh, they've now come... Uh, Chris Hume, the energy secretary, uh, came out and said, because of um, green reforms, which is, of course, just code for carbon tax, energy bills will soar by 30% in Gitmo Nation East. Thirty percent. I mean, are you out of your mind? I mean, it wasn't the isn't the whole idea of alternative energy. If you're going to talk about the energy part of oil, um, to like make it cheaper and 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 better, sustainable. So yeah, sustainable. No, it's it's all more expensive. And who are going to be paying these these taxes to? Literally to bankers. It's literally going to go straight to bankers to like cent- you know central bank. IMF. It's nuts. It's amazing to me that this is like the way this is lockstep moving ahead with people just, you know, blindly, you know, it's the best time to do it when everyone's out of a job and trying to figure out what to do in life. That's the best time to do it. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I found out where uh, where they programmed Barack from. Okay. <laughs> no, that's uh, uh, that's from Popeye. What? <laughs> Listen, this is from Popeye from like 1950. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> it's like that guy, the fat guy, who's like the the barker who pops up from time to time on. No, uh, I, I don't remember those cartoons. <laughs> it's linked in the show notes. I heard that. I was like, that's him. <laughs> Hello, everybody. He's a cartoon. He's wow. a total cartoon. Anyway. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you know, let, let me let me actually let me do this, and then we should go and uh, thank our executive producers. Um, a, a throwback to the uh, the tweeter, the tweeter uh, extravaganza um, with uh, Jack Dorsey. Here's what President Obama said about the, uh, and this is one of our producers found that not this clip, but the next one. But I got to throw it back first. Uh, he, here's what he said about uh, the. The scope of the, quote, recession. Worse since 1929. I think that uh, probably two things that I would do differently. Uh, One would have been to uh, explain to the American people that it was going to take a while for us to get out of this. I think even I did not realize the magnitude because most economists didn't realize the magnitude of, uh, of the recession. Okay. So uh, no one knew, John. The economist didn't know. He didn't know. No one knew it was going to be this bad. Of course, now we know that you know unemployment has gone to a nine point two percent. Yeah, he didn't know. Habenisch nicht gewusst is what uh, the Germans used to say in Second World War. Uh, didn't know. They had no idea. Well, Christy Romer, rumor, of course, I don't like her, and she quit. Remember that uh, that crazy economist woman? She is an economist, actually. Yeah, yeah, the the, the right. Yeah, and and she she Her. quit. Yeah, she quit. Um, she was doing a uh, some paid speaking gig somewhere, and she actually even at one point says, "Oh, I hope the cameras are off, the microphones are off." 
But uh, yeah, listen, meaning, meaning yeah. I hope they catch yeah. this. Oh yeah, she, she's to- this is a total cover my ass moment, and there's a lot of her ass to cover. Well, the the story of you know that there's a, a famous meeting that there was a meeting with the president where the whole economics team flew to Chicago to meet with him. And before it, David Axelrod had been um, sort of telling us what his polling data was showing about sort of where the American people were. And one of the things that he said, and I don't know if we're still on tape, but anyway, he said, you know, the American people haven't had their holy shit moment yet, where they're going to say, oh my goodness, this is really a horrible recession. You know, they hadn't yet realized just what had hit us with the collapse of Lehman. And so I actually started my discussion with the president by saying, Mr. President, this is your holy shit moment, that this economy is, uh, we knew it was sick and it is even sicker. And so that was the context in which we were all making the case that what people had been thinking about for the fiscal stimulus needed to be much bigger. And I think at that point what we had decided was as big as Congress will do. And I think, I think that's an, an important thing for, for people to, to realize. So. Uh, sorry, Mr. President, you were told. He's just lying. Yeah. He's lying a lot. Yeah, this is his, his, his number one. She was the chief. He's the number one economist. It's just like, wow. It's like, okay. And then he, and of course, uh, as you know, it's a Sunday, and I always go and look at uh, our president's show. He has two shows, The Westwood Wing, which uh, was quite boring uh, this week. Bad episode. we got to talk to the producers. Uh, but then he has his uh, solo soliloquy, uh, known as the uh, National uh, Address. And uh, he, I mean, here's, here's how you talk about what we're going through right now. Communities that they're a part of. But our economy as a whole just isn't producing nearly enough jobs for everybody who's looking. Uh, we've always known that we'd have ups and downs on our way back from this recession. Do you recall him talking about the ups and downs? I no. I recall we'd have no more than 8% unemployment, but it's uh, it's ups and downs or what else do we call it? And over the past few months the economy's experienced some tough headwinds. Oh, headwinds, headwinds right. Headwinds. headwinds. Yes. Keep that in the meme. By the way, I want to start just a quick aside. I want to start. I want people to send me the memes that they've noticed that we spot over because I think we we we've it's lost. It's a list. It's a big list. Yeah, I think the list is huge, and I think we've lost track of it. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Well, uh, l- let me uh, continue with Obama, and then the spokes hold, and I'll be done with this with this whole thing. From natural disasters. Oh, it's global warming. To spikes in gas prices. Yeah, hello. To state and local budget cuts that have cost tens of thousands of cops and firefighters. And teachers their job. How can that, how can, I don't understand how that all of a sudden becomes like the reason. Isn't that a cause? Isn't that, is, is that a cause or an effect of, uh, of the recession? He's saying because of natural disasters, because uh, state governments were broke. Well, yeah, but that's the part of the recession. The problems in Greece and in Europe. Oh, that's our problem now? Oh, yeah, that's right. Because we're part of the bailout for Greece, almost $1 billion. Along with uncertainty over whether the debt limit here in the United States will be raised. Oh. have also made businesses hesitant to invest more aggressively. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's every, ev- everyone's fault. Now, so, of course, when uh, when you got to get the message out, and Austin Goolsby, you know, they, they threw him to the lions. There was nothing funny that he said, because, you know, I like making fun of Austin Goolsby, the chief economist of the whatever, that little club the president's got going on there. But um, you got to send the spokeshole Carney out. 
And did you see what Carney said about this report? So for those of you who uh, aren't following and don't live in uh, Gitmo Nation West Coast states, um, the, the, the I think we created like 18,000 jobs, kind of a rounding error. I don't think it was. I think it was 14. In it fact, was like nothing. Canada. It, by the way, the replacement rate for that we need to create based on the population is we need to create 150,000 new, new jobs, jobs new a jobs, month right. to stay even. And notice how they've dropped that saved and created. It's like, we created 2 million jobs. Uh, no, it was saved or created. Remember? So now they've dropped that. But anyway, uh, Canada created more new jobs. I'm not, not like disparaging towards Canada, but hello. Uh, so Carney comes out, and here's what he says about these job numbers. Most people do not sit around their kitchen table and analyze GDP and unemployment numbers. They talk about how they feel, their own economic situation. Yeah. They do not um, uh, sit around analyzing the Wall Street Journal or other or Bloomberg to uh, look at the you know analyze the numbers. Oh, that's right. We're all stupid. We don't analyze the numbers. We're just idiots, Carney. It was the mo- it was the hubris of this guy. <laughs> Nah, most people don't. What does a number mean? It's just a number. People, you know, they look at your own. Now, people pay attention to this. How could you miss it? Every mainstream compromised news station was talking about the number. Yeah. All the comics were talking about it. I mean, everybody was talking about that number being so yeah, pathetic. No, and then the nobody, unemployment going up. Yeah, but no, nobody ever looks at that. No, we don't look at that. Douche nozzles. Anyway. And by the way, I want to mention here that people should note this. There's a group out of San Francisco called Shadow Stats, and this is statistical. And now, as I mentioned before, and I talk about it a lot, actually Horowitz and I talk about it. It's a group out of San Francisco that and analyzed the real unemployment numbers and other statistics that they they say are uh, called, they're called Shadow Stats because they're they what they do is they take the phony baloney numbers that the government has conjured up. And then looks at the real numbers. And if you based it on when we had during the Great Depression, when we had 33 or 34% unemployment, using those calculations today, we have in reality 22.5% unemployment. Wow. I, I thank God every morning when I wake up. First, that I'm still alive. That's good. Then I'm like, oh, and she's still here. And then I'm like, I can't believe that, you know, people are actually helping us do this for a living. You know, I'm I'm living the American dream here of just getting by. Yeah, you're just getting by. (laughs) (laughs) Just getting by. But we're living it, John. We're living the American dream. So let's uh, thank some of these people. Right on. Um... Starting, well, let me get a couple that came in over the transom at box three three nine El Cerrito, the, the California. The transom? What is that? The transom? It's the. It's, the, it's over. It's in the in the box. Is People it mail it, us? Is text. it on the wire through the telex? The uh, transom. We have a uh, uh, executive producers, uh, David Hewitt. And he's uh, catching up on June shows. Gardasil does protect only against a few of the possible HPV types because only a few are associated with cancer. Many of the others produce genital warts. Uh, he says mentioned that Lancet was founded by Thomas Wakely, not Louis Pasteur. I don't know. Where- oh, he's talking about uh, one of my, you know, we did the Lancet Institute. Uh, okay, anyway, so yeah, he gave uh, David's in for three thirty-three thirty-three. That's nice. Uh, also, um, and there's another one that came in over the mail, which is an associate executive producer, Donald E. Silva, 
And he, uh, for $222, and he says, uh, he has a note, John, the potholes in Honolulu are enormous and many. I hit a pothole in December during the rainy season and ruined two of my run flat tires, $1,400. Holy crap. The government will not fix the potholes anytime soon. They are using cement to patch the largest holes. Now the streets are dotted with white patches. It feels like you're driving over rocks. Like a moon surface. Drove me to lunch the other day in a truck, and I nearly <laughs> damaged a kidney. <laughs> Donald, you, you need a, 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 kid, a kidney belt just to drive on the on the roads in America. Hey, hey, Donald, why don't you go to Afghanistan? They got some new roads there that we put up, and uh, yeah, you, it's you, beautiful. Check it out. Yeah, isn't that Chinese uh, built at this point? And uh, probably, right. ju- and we also have a who's and we have a, a, a donation for a knighthood in tires for the RV. Yes, uh, Mister Smith. Uh, has actually, you know, uh, Baroness Maggie Vincent from uh, Virginia uh, has uh, kindly offered her RV. And it's kind of funny because, you know, she offered this and the thing looks great. And then she's she's actually put like, uh, I think, a grand or two into some needed maintenance. I'm like, oh, OK. And then she's like, you know, I'm going to give you the paint uh, to uh, do the roof. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but you know, I mean, we're so excited because we're uh, she, she's allowing us to to borrow her RV for the trip, which uh, kicks off Friday is when we uh, fly over to Virginia to start, and um, and then you know she you know, remember we had the discussion about the tires, and she says you know well you know, the the you know you don't want to drive over fifty. I'm like okay, uh, let's get some tires. <laughs> tires. So uh, Mr. Smith has uh, kindly uh, ponied up eleven eleven eleven. So uh, eleven hundred uh, for for new tires. So it's Mr. Tires. Smith out of out of Langley. Yes, Mr. Smith out of Langley. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was, we also had a whole conversation with our producers picking us up from the Pentagon, and yeah. he, you know he's been listening to us. And you you like joke like well you never- do remember that story about the guy who went to the Pentagon and they just yeah, yeah him no, down. I know, I know, I know, I know. He says, "Hey, I'm also a Marine. I don't mess around. I'll be there on time, and I'll pick you up, and I'll deliver you where you need to be." Yeah. So, but we 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 got, it's great that you know the 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 pickle factory is actually helping us get underway. Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> You'll probably. By the way, there will be a black helicopter and a couple of oh yeah cars, a couple of <laughs> nice uh, Escalades following you. If you're if you're looking for us, it, we won't be hard to spot. <laughs> Just look for the downwash. That'll Can't, be us. Kent Zeiser, another executive producer, Sir Kent, as a matter of fact, from Clovis, New Mexico, is coming with $500. Uh, Brian Ferguson, Irvine, I think it's I think it's Zeiser, actually. Kent Zeiser. Did I say Zeiser? Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Kent Zeiser, Zeiser. yeah. Brian Ferguson, uh, Irvine, uh, 333.33. Hey, guys, wanted to figure out all my PayPal contributions. Comes out to 740 but I was going to add 111 He's doing his math. I grew up in a tithing church and was taught that you do not glean the corners of your field if you do not glean the corners of your field, which means helping us, helping the show, you will be rewarded, uh, meaning leave some for others. So I also have been listening to the audiobook Four Hour Work Week, and Tim Ferriss advises to quit listening to news and listen to people you trust that are well informed. Done and done, referring to us. Awesome. That's the way, yeah, that's the way it should be. Uh, Guy or Guy, Gee. depending on. Gee. Boazi, Boazi, Boazi at three 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 three. You have a note from him. Yeah, Guy is from uh, Gitmo Nation Falafel uh, from Israel, and I uh, have his note here. Um, 
Uh, so I was reading a newspaper article explaining how the U.S. Con- this is in Israel. Uh, U.S. Constitution is no longer valid, and how the fact that it is as such damaging the Israeli interest. I said, no more. We have to push you guys a bit more, since you are by far the best news outlet in the world. He says, however, please stop whining, you guys, in the U.S. You have a long way to go until you get to where we are here in Israel. Uh, Here it is legal for the government to arrest you, place a gag order, and hold you almost indefinitely. If you want to go into a restaurant, office building, mall, etc., please let a security theater start and let a 60-year-old Russian-speaking person look through your stuff. And we are, uh, we're, all the major politicians are ex-military guys, and so are many of the business sector top managers. Military industrial complex, anyone? Hey, in the morning, hot pockets away. Guy Boazi, thank you so much, Guy. That's highly and, appreciated. And finally, our last executive producer for today's show is Stephen Pelsmachers. Oh, is the the Baron the of Baron. Belgium? The Baron of Belgium. This guy, and you know, there's a place. If there's a heaven, this guy's in it. One and he is our top patron by far. The Baron it always comes through, and so that those are our executive producers and one associate executive producer for today. And we want to thank everybody uh, who contributes at this level, Dvorak.org slash NA, or who mails uh, a check in, which is the address is available at the Dvorak.org slash NA uh, website. Also, uh, channeldvorak.com slash na noagendanation.com and uh, noagendashow.com have links let me just program your, let me just program your brain for a second here dvorak.org slash na a little rough hey we have a couple of PR things going on um, typically this exists of people who uh, <clears throat> will uh, forward uh, domain names to um, noagendashow.com we got a couple of interesting ones uh, first of all, fantastic. We've got uh, hashtag number sign.com, <laughs> which is now forwarding to the show. Of course, this is a throwback to uh, Spokes Hole Carney talking about hashtag number sign Ask Obama, uh, along with the combat cinema.com. It's kind of nice. Um, this one is great. Uh, hello, everybody. Dot me. <laughs> hello, everybody. Dot me is actually forwarding to Dvorak.org slash NA. We appreciate that, Pete. Uh, in light of what's going on with News of the World, their last publication today, uh, newscaught.com and newscaught.co.uk. And then we have uh, Robert Seals, who did something very cool. I sent you a note about this, John. It probably went to your spam. Yeah, no, I saw it. I was thinking we should push that off till Thursday so I could, because I think that we could use a couple of extra inf- pieces of information on the uh, donation page. Well, okay, but can I talk about it now and have everyone see it and then get all hyped up about it? All right, go for it. So he registered on the tweeter.com, which, of course, uh, we know where that comes from. And you can always follow me on Twitter. Right. And, uh, by the way, uh, <clears throat> there's a new tweeter out there. <clears throat> um, our Supreme Court Justice, Breyer, is propagating the meme. I, I mean, I did have a, t- I actually have a tweeting thing because I was very interested in uh, the Iranian Revolution. Remember when they just uh. had this uh, uh, uprising 
uh, a little over a year ago, and I wanted the only, I sat there fascinated because you could actually look uh, through the tweeting and you could see what was going on. You could see the violence. You could see women killed. It was terrible. And I wanted to keep track of that, and I sat there totally fascinated. The only way you could do it was to go through the tweeter, the tweeter. <laughs> the tweeter. He said tweeter? He said tweeter. Yeah, it's a little overmodulated. The this only has got you know, slightly. Well, I, that's, that's what the recording was. By the way, this is Supreme Court justice who actually believes that he saw women killed on the tweeter. Is this country in trouble or what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I got I got There's a clip coming up on this show, but people don't. Yeah, turn, stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. So anyway, so um, Robert uh, registered on the Twitter dot com and uh, we've set it up. And now if you go to uh, Adam dot on the Twitter dot com, it redirects you to my Twitter page. And uh, I did for you. I just did John C. Dvorak. Uh, but I can make a John or whatever. And I think that this is a, another perfect uh, podcast license type deal. Because, uh, you know, think about it. If we all use our on the tweeter.com addresses, and eventually Twitter, someone's going to replace Twitter. We all know that, right? I mean, it happens. It's, it's the cycle. Well, how about Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to register tweeter.com. But okay, so we'll get Twitter. And then all you have is if you, as long as you propagate your your address, which you know No Agenda Show manages for you uh, and the and the human resources, we can just redirect it, so you don't have to actually lose your cool address on you know your name dot on the Twitter dot com. So you could also go, I guess, to, to this Google Plus thing. Are you on Google Plus? Um, I mean, I'm I I checked it out, but I I don't participate in it. Are you kidding me? That's stupid. It is stupid, but I think I you keep cropping up. I keep cropping up. I just got on it the other day. No, I I went on for and it one. It makes it look like you're one of the very active users. No, I haven't used it. I I did one thing. I went on. I looked at the circles. I put like four people in my circles, and here's what I noticed. So one, I wanted to say happy birthday to Mark Andreessen, who I know from back in the MTV.com days. He's the guy that was at college and said. Yay, compile this HTTPD 1.3 server. I've got this thing called Mosaic. And he took me from Gopher into the web. So I know him, so I send him a birthday. But I go to his page on Google+, and you can't post anything, like on a wall, like Facebook, which I don't do at all. But it's like, okay, so you can't actually do anything. And then I see Marissa Meyer pops up. And I and I want to say, hey, you're, you're hot. Because <laughs> she's the only hottie on uh, on Google+. And, uh, and you can't do that. So I'd like posted in a comment about her apartment or something. It's stupid. Anyway, so let me just continue here. Uh, Robert Searles, thank, uh, Seals, thank you so much for uh, for registering that. And uh, we'll work on that as a promotion. I think it will be good for everyone to start propagating our own uh, on the Twitter.com addresses. Then we have uh, Aaron who uh, forwarded JackDorseyBroomstick.com <laughs> to, to No Agenda Show. Um, we have greengovernment.org. Dorsey, I, yeah, it took me a minute. Yeah, yeah. We have uh, greengovernment.org. Uh, we don't care about customers.com. And uh, yeah, that's the ones that we had. And then uh, finally, and you actually had a, a com. Did you just Skype me something? Yeah. Just we just got it's a, some business for later. Yeah, but you know this stuff doesn't work. I it's like I got when did that the, happen? I got the news. I got the new Skype, and now I can't like find anything. Oh, so if, great. if you sent me something, but it doesn't show up. Terrific. It's crazy. Anyway, let me. Uh, no, it's not there. 
It's, uh, hold on. Let me see. Okay. Yeah, I got that one. Um, high, high-profits.com. <clears throat> this is from Andre. And he says, you know, there are certain domain names which will be worth something. Um, and I think highprofits.com uh, could potentially be yes, it's sellable. Really basic, well, I could see doing a stock market show or something like that or a magazine. So uh, he says, you know, something we could do is, uh, you know, we hype up, and and I do, I am working on a a system which is coming soon, very similar to the on the tweeter dot com, where you can actually, you know, if you register a domain name, uh, you you'll actually get to you know, be able to do stuff, and you get a page automatically from uh, your friends at the No Agenda Show, and you can create subdomains with the click of a button, and so these domains won't just be like parked, you know, and or just forwarding to one address. You can actually create inbound links, and it's all great for the SEO stuff, whatever. And uh, and that makes your domain name valuable. And then you know when someone comes along and says, "Hey, I want to buy that," then you can uh, consider giving the show a cut. It's a great way. You know, it's a it's a low investment. You know, a couple bucks, seven bucks, or whatever. And then uh, you can actually make it more valuable, and everyone will be pointing to each other's domains. And it's you know, it's how the scams work. So we might as well participate in it. Yeah, and I, get I'm something out of it. it. So, uh, and I th- all right, and I think uh, I think that is it. Yeah. So uh, again, we highly appreciate the support of our uh, executive producers, associate uh, executive producers, three 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 club members, and everyone who's out there doing PR for us. And of course, if you're out there and you want to help us, you can always go out and do this. Propagate the formula. Our formula is this: we go out, we hit people in the mouth. Back to work. <laughs> yeah, back to work indeed. <laughs> yeah, I do have an advertisement. Uh, oh, nice! We, like, we like to play ads once in a while on the show uh, that that are that we deconstruct. Uh, there's not because we're, we're being paid to pay this ad, play this ad, but I do have an ad from Admiral. Admiral. Oh, I was looking for it. It's an ad from Admiral. Soon you'll be able to walk into your Admiral dealer's store and confidently buy the style radio or radio phonograph you want. The selection of Admiral radios will be complete. There'll be radio phonographs with the famous Admiral exclusive features. Slide away that makes loading and unloading your record changer so easy. And the foolproof Admiral automatic record changer. There'll be consoles and table models and newly designed cabinets of fine woods and modern plastics. There'll be farm sets and portables in many styles and sizes, including the popular Admiral Bantam, the camera-type radio that operates on alternating current, direct current, or self-contained batteries. There'll be new electronic refinements and AM, FM, and shortwave reception. And now about television. Admiral's extensive research assures television receivers with true Admiral quality. So, whatever you want in radio... You'll find it in an Admiral, America's smart set. You can get a very good idea of what Admiral will offer if you're right for a free copy of the new full-colored booklet entitled It's a Promise from Admiral. Just write your name and address on a penny postcard and mail it to Admiral in care of this radio station. That's all. Just your name and address mailed to Admiral at this station. (laughs) Remember penny postcards? 
Those days are over. <laughs> a penny postcard, everybody. That's a beautiful spot, man. Back in the old days of the wireless. It's beautiful. I'd like to say hello to our friends in uh, Gitmo Nation. What is Portugal again? What is uh, G- uh, Portugal's Gitmo Nation moniker? Well, that's a good question. Isn't it uh, some salami thing? Kielbasa? No. It could be a uh, linguiça. Gitmo Nation linguiça? Yeah. yeah, we could call it that. Well, so they uh, got a friendly little note from uh, the guys who uh, actually created the entire depression in the first place as Moody's stuck a broomstick up their rectum. The downgrade of Portugal's debt to junk status by the credit ratings agency Moody's should serve as a wake-up call to the rest of Europe, says the country's president. Describing the move as a detonator, Anabel Cavaco Silva called on European leaders to face up to American ratings agencies, which he said posed a threat to European economic stability. A Portuguese economist and advisor to the commission has told Euronews she finds the downgrade appalling. In my opinion, the moment has come for Europe to have its own ratings agency, she says, which evaluates countries and companies according to criteria that are those of the European project. She went on to outline her ideas for strengthening the Eurozone. In order for the Eurozone to be stable in future, member states must be guaranteed low interest rates so that they can invest and grow. This is a fundamental condition for survival in the Eurozone. Today, in the face of financial markets which apply a great deal of pressure, the only way to guarantee acceptable interest rates so that all countries and regions can invest is through Eurobonds. The downgrade, hot on the heels of Portugal's new austerity plan, has brought more criticism. The country's debt agency called it superficial and arrogant. Lisbon Council is to suspend its contract with Moody's. So, there's a lot of things in this clip, starting with the last bit. Uh, what, is, like a, is, the, is this like cable service? Hey, <laughs> you gave us crappy service, Moody's. We're cancelling. Cancel now. <laughs> it's like, hold oh, one moment. We'll put you through to customer cancellation service. Please hold. I, so Moody's are the same guys. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's actually an Ask John question. These are the same guys who raided all of these um, uh, credit default swaps and all these bundled assets. Bundled assets of credit default. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, defaults, yeah. Right. The bundled assets of mortgages. Bundled mortgage bullcrap. Right. Triple A. These are the yeah. same guys that did that. And now they're the, they're the guys who, and, and you, you hear Portugal is outraged. They're saying, well, you, you don't, you can't downgrade us. We, you know, we need to do some things here to, you know, Euro bonds, which is another like banking scam. But who are these Moody's guys? And should we not consider setting up our own rating agency, John? Maybe the Douchometer. <laughs> the Douchometer because, rating because, agency. Yeah, this is like Nielsen. I mean, this is the, uh, you know, Nielsen has all the power. Uh, com, what is it? Com score has all the power on the interwebs. You know, we need some kind of politician douchometer uh, ratings agency but that's where the power who is behind moody's who are these guys and why do we ex- it's like fica fico they, they can ruin your life yeah it's bad yeah, so who is moody's? I mean, it wouldn't be so bad if they were actually uh, seem to be honest but the fact that they got scammed by these uh ridiculous uh mortgage deals and overrated them, and then the whole economy tanked. I mean, that, that's what they're supposed to. Be, that's they're there to keep to that make from sure happening. that doesn't happen, and they're actually making it happen. 
Yeah, and they actually made it happen by being wrong, so wrong. It wasn't like they were a bit wrong or they were just <laughs> We off. were just a little off from triple A to like G. Triple <laughs> A to zero. <laughs> but um, Wow. Yeah. So do we know who who they are? Who's behind no. them? What's going on with that? Or question? We, I, 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 we need to baffled. I, don't, I mean, I know who they are. Well, of know, course, in terms of what they do and everything, but I don't know who's behind it or how many banks are involved. If, if Goldman Sachs has got something to do with it, or if the government or the CIA, or I don't know. It's a good question. I, I know. I'll, that- I'll ask a Horowitz when he gets back from Vietnam. <laughs> oh, okay, he's in Nam. Yeah, he's doing a tour of Nam. What's yeah. he What's he doing there on vacation? I don't know. He's doing work for somebody out of Langley, I think. No, I oh, yeah, right. No, he's on there. He's on a short vacation with his wife. And, but it uh, it just uh, it it just blows me away. There was it like Moody is God. Like okay, oh Moody says so. Well, well, Standard and Poor's is the other one. Right. Well, I'm sure they're just as bad. I I just it it's like and it's. Portugal pays for this privilege. They've been paying, to, you know, because if you want a rating, you have to pay them. What a scam. I guess Portugal didn't you know, send enough kilbasas over. Or whatever it is. Linguisas. Linguisas. <laughs> kilbasas, linguisas. Advertising. So it just... Uh she just blew me away. And uh, and, and now... Uh, oh, where I had this... Um, Moody's was founded in 1909 by John Moody, beginning with Analysis of Railroad Investments, a book about railroad securities using oh, letter grades to access right. their risk. The president, so he, had, the president had something to say about railways. Did you hear this? Rain's good. It's better than that. There are a few things that we can and should do right now uh, to redouble our efforts. Redouble. By the way, redouble. Yeah, that's not, so. Redouble means what? Like we another stimulus? If you redouble re- our efforts, redouble. Well, redouble. The the the, the first effort was eight hundred billion dollars of stimulus. Yeah. What now? One point six oh, yeah, well, trillion. I mean, but something. let's just use the, the BS number. Redouble. I think means okay. So, and what he's talking about is a, a million construction workers who have to work on something that I, a word I've never heard before. On behalf of the American people. Investing in rebuilding our roads and our bridges and our railways. <laughs> railways. <laughs> railways. <laughs> we need our railways. <laughs> Here's my railway gun. <laughs> rebuilding our roads and our bridges and our railways and our infrastructure. <laughs> Infrastructures. The guy kills me. Railways. How can you mess up rail railways? Railways. Hey, he talks a lot. You know, you get, over time, he's going to botch it. Railways. Which, I guess, that could also be code for he's actually going to invest in, invest in something called railways. And by the way, everything is now with an R. I'm going to invest in railways. Any more on that? Nah, just uh, Italy's next, and then I'll shut up about uh, economy. Italy's the latest Eurozone country to come under pressure because of default fears. And in addition, investors are worried about the effects of a reported falling out between the finance minister, Giulia Tremonti, and Prime Minister, Silvio Berlusconi. Yeah, so uh, Italy's next. That's, you know that uh, David Cameron... them all lined up like ducks in a row. Oh, yeah. Well, David Cameron came out with something very interesting, which I think kind of uh, is a, a subtext to this news of the world shutting down, which, by the way, turns out to be financially quite a good deal for uh, Mr. Murdoch. 
This is, news of the world wasn't making any real money. And uh, it's very hard to fire people uh, in Gitmo Nation uh, East. Yeah, it's like Germany. You can't fire people. Yeah, it was all of the Eurozone. You can't just fire people. So this is probably a really a good move. And uh, he does need that uh, B-Sky-B deal to happen because that's a cash cow. And uh, But, of course, you know, Murdoch is known for being on the brink of bankruptcy and coming back. But Cameron came out, and I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is uh, just mind-boggling what he had to say. The British Prime Minister has called for a complete overhaul of the UK's press regulation system in the wake of the media hacking scandal that's forced the closure of the News of the World newspaper. David Cameron also said the police inquiry into possible criminal activities at the Sunday tabloid would not answer all of the public's questions. That is why I want to establish a second inquiry to begin at the earliest available opportunity, ideally now this summer. This inquiry should be conducted by a credible panel of figures drawn from a range of different backgrounds who command the full support, respect and, above all, confidence of the public. They should be truly independent without any motive but to seek the truth and to clean up the press. As expected, police arrested Andy Coulson today, the former editor of the News of the World, who quit as Cameron's communications chief as the hacking scandal ballooned. So he is calling for a complete reform of the rules of news. Uh, hello? <laughs> hello? Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, wow. So they already have this thing called a D-notice, which means this is news, but you can't talk about it. So they're going to do more. And, and, and you know what's coming, John? License. A license to be a journalist. You have to be a licensed journalist, accredited with well, backgrounds. There's places around the world that have that already. Brazil, you have to have a license. Well, yeah, but you know, this is not in the free West. Well, the free West, where's that? Yeah, well, what's going to happen to us? We'll be, we'll be outlawed. Oh, we're at, we're at some point, we're going to have to be licensed to do this show. Well, you can, I'm happy because you can actually get a license because you have a track record. Me, they're going to, you know, like, um, Mr. Dvorak, Jean-Claude Dvorak, you can have a, this, I'm, uh, this is the, uh, the high command. You can have a license, but uh, we're so sorry. Mr., um, what is his name, Curie? No, he is not allowed to broadcast news. Yeah, well, then screw him. So I'll just be your sidekick. I'll be like. That would work. I'll be like, hey. <laughs> I'll just add little bits and bobs. In the morning. If, we'll just call me the engineer. <laughs> right, you know, you'd be like the guy in the control booth. <laughs> yeah, that's what and I get your voice. <laughs> that's all I'll be. I'm just, I'm just going to be the, the engineer. I'll be your sidekick. Here's a Jean-Claude Dvorak, licensed journalist for the Gitmo Nation States of News Organization Ministry of Truth. And his sidekick, Adam Curry. How you doing, everybody? And, you know, you, the thing about these licenses, <laughs> they'd be up for review. Uh-huh. <laughs> so once you got the license, even if you were qualified, you oh, could yeah. still have it pulled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I won't be able to be directly on mic. I'll have to be like, ha, 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 All I can do is laugh in the background. <laughs> I, won't be, I won't be allowed to broadcast. You watch. It's coming in our lifetime, my friend. It's coming. Oh, yeah. No, it's coming. So I can't believe that, that people aren't up in arms about him saying this. And we have to have an independent inquiry, which is, uh, I think, uh, British for... Oh, for we're going to find some yeah. way to screw these guys. <laughs> we're going to screw it. We're going to get independent people. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that'll be great. Well, the other guy going after, and I have a clip from Chris Bryant, who I think, I, I'm watching this guy. Chris Bryant is a labor guy, so he's on the other side. And, he'll, and the labor party gets back in power eventually. 
I think he's going to become a prime minister, and he and he isn't. He was outed as a gay by I think one of Murdoch's papers years ago, and now he's just openly gay. But he's extremely presentable, and I think he has prime minister written all over him. I'm putting it in the red book as a prediction. Our national life. At least Berlusconi lives in Italy, but Murdoch is not resident in this country. He does not pay tax here and has never appeared before a select committee of this House. No other country would allow one man to garner four national newspapers, the second largest broadcaster, a monopoly on sports rights and first few movies. America, the home of the aggressive entrepreneur, doesn't allow it. We shouldn't. Yeah. So I just say about the proposed takeover of East yeah. Bybee that of course it should be put on ice whilst the police investigation is ongoing. Yeah. The executive and non-executive directors have completely failed in their legal duty to tackle criminality in the company and it must surely be in doubt at least whether some of these are fit and proper people to run a media company. There are many other questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who is paying Glenn Mulcair's legal fees now? Is it News International? Was Clive Goodman paid off handsomely when he came out of prison? What did Rebecca Wade, Andy Coulson, Les Hinton know, and when did they know it? You know, he's not an Eaton boy. He's, uh, at least I don't think so. I'm just looking through his uh, book of knowledge entry. And uh, all these guys are usually from Eaton. He's not from there. Yeah, there's there. an Eaton connection with most of them, that's true. But this guy's yeah. really presentable. He, is he cute? Is he hot? I th- he's a very good-looking. He, he's the he's the Tony Blair good-looking British uh, prime minister type. Hmm. You know, well-spoken, very, uh, you know, photogenic. He's got everything going for him, and, and but he's gay, and but he, although he doesn't have a lot of that, he doesn't have any gay affectations. At least not in. Public. Oh, he's not hot, John. No, I'm he's saying a, he's wait a, Tony a minute. He's a, he's a ginger. No, if you. No, no. He, he, if you look at him on television, no, he's no, more no. telegenic no. than photogenic. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I know enough. I've lived in Gitmo Nation East long enough to know that uh, hell will freeze over before they have a ginger prime minister. There's a real I, racial... I'm watching him on television. I see him right here. He's not a redhead on TV. He looks redhead on the Book of Knowledge. Well, I'm just saying. And, uh, I know what you're saying. They hate the redheads. Oh, it's, it's, and the it's reason horrible. for that is because they hate the Irish, and the Irish are all, you know, a lot of redheads. They actually think people who have red hair actually are uh, genetically inferior. <laughs> no, they think that, and they also there's also this belief that redheads have no soul. Well, yeah, there's, that, a, that, there's certain religious really? sub-segments that feel that, yeah, redheads, redheads have no soul. Well, I, I think that's par for any uh, prime minister. You have to have no soul. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's qualified <laughs> immediately. But uh, I'm sorry. As a bicurious male, I'm, on, I'm not yeah. turned on by him. That's uh, He is not my kind of guy. Hot pockets. But, anyway, uh, he uh, goes after these guys. Everyone's going after him, and they have all these. <laughs> He's, wait, the chat room just came up with a good one. It's a gilf. A, a ginger, I'd like to. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. Yeah, yeah it's very so, cute. So, um, I don't know. I think you're probably right, though. I mean, maybe the whole thing was a scheme to, to close the thing down so they could fire people because he moved all his best people out of the... Well, well they're all going to the Sun, and the Sun, of course, is going to do a uh, a Sunday paper, which they've been wanting to do for a long time, but they didn't want to compete with their, with their sister publication. By the way, it's called Screws of the World uh, in the industry, or the Screws. That's what News of the World was called. Yeah, it's going to be called The Sun on Sunday. And yeah. there's, 
it, it probably would be a cheaper op. Yeah, I think you're right. The finance because you have the same one office for the Sun and the Sun uh, Sunday Sun. You don't have this whole separate operation that only does a weekly paper, which is really passe, even though it has huge circulation. It's still a weekly. It seems to be a money loser aspect to it. Yeah, they're not making a lot of money. Um, and I thought that actually, I, I had heard like, well, they're expecting 5 million copies. I thought this thing did 12, well, maybe it's monthly to do 12 million. I heard it was 14 million an issue. That's what I thought too, but it seems like maybe the thing is really down that much. And Murdoch's like, screw this dog. Let's get rid of it. Shut that thing down. Hmm. Well, this whole thing is, is something fishy about it. Well, it, uh, I am quite... And by the way, it's bullcrap what Bryant said about even the aggressive entrepreneurs, home of the aggressive entrepreneurs, the USA doesn't allow. Murdoch owns dozens and dozens of TV stations. He owned the Dodgers for a while, if I'm not mistaken, a movie studio, uh, a number of, uh, you know, outlets for news and, uh, and, uh, TV in the same market. That's bullcrap. We more than welcome it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, I don't know, man. It's the Ministry of Truth is closing in, that's for sure. It is closing in on us, and uh, it's not good. Hey, uh, uh, Arab Spring, Switzerland blocking all Syrian assets. That's how it starts. So I guess we're going to steal their money next. And then we uh, move in. Although it's going to be tricky because Sudan, of course, now is officially uh, South- Southern Sudan is its own nation. They upped the U.N. blue helmets from 4,500, which was already double what they typically put into a region, to 7,000. Uh, Clooney's all over the news again. Oh, they brought him back? I didn't see Yeah, I well, the, well this that. is how it works. you got to break up with your girlfriend, the hot girlfriend, so that you're in the news. Uh, oh, Clooney, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, good, George, yeah. Huh? And then, boom, hit him with Sudan, where Clooney's got his, uh, his eye from the sky satellite thing. So uh, you can uh, you can see that uh, you can just wait for that to happen. I have a little clip about South Sudan, and, and they it was on the weekend, and they introduced this woman from the State Department. At the beginning, you can hear what her title is. I want you to see if you can catch it, but she talks a little bit about what's going on. It's all bull crap. But play it. But her title is what really got my attention. CNN's senior State Department producer release of that scene. Senior State Department producer? Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, she's a producer. So she produces news and produces tweeter messages. Wow. Good one. Her title is State Depart- U.S. State Department senior, pro- senior U.S. State Department producer. Uh, how come they didn't make her an executive producer? <laughs> she, she <laughs> was wow. contributing to the No Agenda show. Yeah, wow. Uh, let me hear that again. That was good. CNN's senior State Department producer release. Oh, and she's CNN's senior. They say that, but she, but the, her title says that she's with the U.S. The State Department. It says U.S. State Department producer on her Chiron. Wow. But I mean, she, maybe does she's she with CNN, for- and she's did, that's her crazy title. But the whole thing seemed a little dubious. But anyway, she has a. Uh, she has a what? She has a, a blue. She has a canned blurb, crock of crap. You can listen to here. A blurb. And get it's a, a clue. It, yeah, it's a blurb. Senior State Department producer release of that scene, almost as important as the celebration in South Sudan. South uh, lots Sudan. of symbolism that comes here. Lots of symbolism and a real commitment too between the U.S. and South Sudan. Well, that's right, Fred. The U.S. Re- oh, this is Fred. 
Yeah, oh, Fred. I hate Fred. She's on in the morning, Frederica. Yeah. That's right, Fred. Billy, uh, Fred. for decades, has been working uh, to help South Sudan for this moment. The U.S. really, under the Bush administration, par- started pushing this agreement, this comprehensive peace agreement between South and North Sudan to get them to this day. And really, over the last few months, really intense diplomacy, getting the Sudanese to this referendum in July where the South Sudanese voted for independence. And now, uh, not only today here in Washington was the uh, Sudanese, South Sudanese, embassy raising a flag, but in Juba today, the U.S. embassy, the U.S. consulate became a, an official U.S. embassy and, and that really, I think we can look for a real intensive U.S. engagement in helping to uh, nation build, to really oh. help this uh, fledgling nation stand up and, and work towards being a, a full member of the international community. Fred. Well, part of that engagement also includes um, security and how the U.S. <laughs> will be watching or helping to, you know, secure as best it can a South Sudan. Oh, yeah. No, I think... Um, it's so can she ask these questions. She's reading the question. It's a can question, and this woman answers. It's, just a, it's like such theater to listen to these two. And, and she can't even read the prompter right. She keeps... Uh, embassies, uh, uh, consulate, embassy... Uh, no, she's uh, reading uh, it off uh, a sheet. Oh, really? Oh, okay. They didn't even bother with the prompter. They, they, they couldn't afford the prompter. the prompter copy up. Wow. No, so I, I th- there's a couple of things happening. So one, of course, in um, in Libya, and now NATO, everyone is saying, we're not going to supply the rebels anymore because the rebels have failed. You know, they gave these guys all they needed, tanks, a jet airplane. and they yeah, can't- it was only supposed to take days. Yeah, not weeks. And they can't get the job done. So... Um, you know, even the, the 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 Viagra rape thing didn't take hold, which I, I I would partially take responsibility for. That we've just said this is bull crap, and hopefully people are like, eh. or yeah, I, uh, who am I kidding? No one gives a crap, um, <laughs> except the listeners of the show. Um, but it's no not happening. So the, so this all support has been pulled off the table. That's exactly why the United States is not recognizing the trans transitional national council because we got it. Well, now we're going to screw those guys. So, you know, we paid them to get it all started, and now, you know, like, ah, okay, no more bullets for you, and we're going to have to do something. Now, Syria, I think that's a hedge, so they're, they're stopping the money flow right now. And you see Assad on television, uh, I didn't get the, I'm stupid, this is a clip I forgot to get. He keeps saying, hey, we've got, like, foreign crazy guys in here shooting everything up. You know, this is like, this is like, you know, like he's, he's basically saying CIA is here stirring it up and you're all buying it like I'm killing people. Like, you know, and, and, and the State Department says, that's just nutty. That guy's just nutty to say that. Oh, I should, I should have pulled that. Friedman on at the Aspen Institute also went on about off on Syria being the worst murderers oh, in the world. Yeah. Well, you know, in Damascus. House, the government will shoot kill you. you. They'll kill you immediately. And meanwhile, you see all this video, this, you know, like, oh, we can't confirm where this video was from. And you see like a whole bunch of guys and you know, they say, oh, it's police beating a guy up and throwing him in the trunk of the car. But if you look closely at the video... They have helmets on and like a, a protective vest, but they're all wearing different shoes, different pants. You know, that's not a typical police force where you don't have a standard uniform. Yeah, especially when they keep showing you, you know, these militarized police. Right, but, but 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 you look at it and you see, oh, helmets, batons, 
But then if you look closely, you see one guy's wearing Nikes, the other guy's wearing jack jack boots, the other guy's wearing yeah. uh, you know cockies, the other guy's and got. You can only put so much. You don't need with blurry old. Yeah, phone. You don't need to do a lot. Yeah, it's true. But I want to. I have a prediction. I want to throw out there. It's a little. It's not completely off topic. It has to do with Southern Sudan. Okay. So the New York Times had this picture of the of the boss, the new boss of Southern Sudan, who's apparently been promoted from the since the Bush days. What's his name? Oh, our boss or their boss? Oh, their boss, Southern Sudan. I have to go. I can look up his picture. What what, uh, what kind of title does the boss have? Boss? Just boss? AESC. People are looking for the best use of independence. Uh, he's a president. Uh, his name's Salva Kiir. K i i r. Salva Kiir Mayardit. He. Uh, there's a big picture of him in the Times, and he's with these generalissimos around him and a bunch of other geeky-looking goons and, and creeps. Uh-huh. He's got a big cowboy oh, hat. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, he's, he's got a, a cowboy hat with a big wide rim. He looks a bit like uh, one of those old blues guys. I am predicting <laughs> the cowboy hat is going to become huge in Africa. <laughs> As a fashion statement. You watch. But it's funny because we had our shill in Afghanistan, Karzai. He's got the crazy hat and the cape. This is what you do when you put a, a shill in. you yes, got to make like him look a, official. A, a musician on a TV talk show. You want him to dress goofy. Yeah, it's like if you look at all the country and western guys, if they didn't have a hat on, you wouldn't believe that they actually did country. So you got to give him a hat and blue jeans and uh, and some boots. And this guy's got a huge hat. It's a beautiful hat. George Bush gave him that hat. Oh, really? Yeah. No, seriously? Yeah. Wow. According to the Times. Oh, wow. And he still has it on. He, he showers yeah, with it. it. And I think it's going to become a fashion statement. You watch. I think. And I was thinking about it. Actually, a cowboy hat is a perfect hat because these guys are wearing berets and all these other <laughs> European yeah. hats that are stupid in Africa. You and, want a big sombrero yeah. thing. <laughs> and by the way, I'd like to point out it's a black hat. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like he's a white hat. No, it's a black hat. Wow, wow! I gotta get me a hat like that. Pick You'd one. Be looking good. You could look good in big. Yeah, I'm pick me up one in in Texas. So um, while we're just on the crazy ass media, uh, Fox had all the talking points because, of course, you know now that we've uh, killed Osama bin Laden and we've got uh, our new guys in our new uh, Secretary of Defense, uh, Panetta, right? Panetta, yeah. Uh, who, of course, is former CIA guy. And uh, so, you know, we, uh, what, what talking points do we need to propagate? Well, we have to propagate that, uh, well, we've never been uh, doing this well, but, uh, of course, it's never been this dangerous. And instead of reporting on Panetta himself, who went to um, uh, Afghanistan, Kabul, they send this hottie, or maybe she lives there, I don't know, this hottie on Fox, but she's the uh, Muslim hottie. And this girl, I mean, and she's reading a prompter because I mean, what's your name? I, I, you know, I can't. It's a Muslim name, and I can't remember it. This is how stupid I am. But uh, and she's got her shirt like kind of. That's unbuttoned. what they say when you have the attractive presenter. You can't remember anything. You just kind of stare at them. What happens is I, I'm staring at her. My brain opens wide, and I'm absorbing the information and taking it for truth. And she's got her blouse kind of unbuttoned, and uh, you know, it's like ah. 
black hair, beautiful, beautiful. And just listen to the talking points that she spews like a machine gun. Good morning, Alex. Well, what we do know is that on that flight from D.C. to Kabul, uh, Leon Panetta, the new Secretary of Defense, did say that the strategic defeat of al-Qaeda was within reach. He says it all began with the death of Osama bin Laden in Pakistan and the treasure trove of information that they found. Treasure trove. I'm sorry. I just have to stop at the meme. The treasure trove. In bin Laden's home has led to them finding out more key leaders in al-Qaeda. He mentioned about 10 to 20 leaders, possibly in Pakistan, Somalia, Yemen, and different parts of North and Central Africa. So he says that right now they want to go after after these leaders. It's the time to go after al-Qaeda. This is coming as he's here in Afghanistan in his first visit as the Secretary of Defense, where he will be meeting his counterpart. He will also be meeting the Afghan president. But most importantly, he's going to be meeting the commanders on the ground and the servicemen and women fighting the fight in Afghanistan, coming at a very important time in the fight in Afghanistan, primarily because this is when we expect the transition to begin in certain parts of Afghanistan, parts where they're going to be handing over uh, the responsibility to the Afghans themselves, also coming at a time where President Obama has already announced the drawdown efforts, uh, hoping for that to end by the year 2014. And with Could she have said Afghanistan enough in that report? Wow. Yeah, Afghanistan, Afghanistan. And then meanwhile, I'm just looking under blouse. Afghanistan, Afghanistan, Afghanistan. And uh, okay, so it's clear we're going to be there and uh, we're, it's going to be more dangerous and there's more leaders. And what is she saying? She's saying Northern Africa, <laughs> Yemen. It's like all the places that we're going. So it's so clear the strategy is like, okay, we got to. We'll we'll keep fifty thousand in Iraq. We'll keep fifty thousand in Afghanistan, and we're just going to spread everything back out amongst five to seven new countries where Al Qaeda has um, uh, gone into uh, franchise mode, and it's all fake. It's all fake. No, it's a scam. I figured out ludicrous. I figured figured out the uh, blood and treasure. By the way. No. Yes, I figured it out. It's a psyops, and this was revealed in a uh, the Journal of Experimental Social Psychology, who came out with a report called "Casualties of War and Sunk Costs: Implications for Attitude Change and Persuasion." That would be the definition of psychological warfare: changing your mind. Check this out: war protests both explicit, like memorials, and implicit, like lists of casualties, can actually make people more supportive of a war, according to this uh, new study. And here it comes. Studies authors explain this by reference to what they call a don't-waste-or-sunk-cost mindset that sees blood and treasure spent on a war as an investment that can ah. be recouped only by staying the course and winning. So now I understand why they're using oh, blood and treasure. Where'd you get this? Go back, 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 This back is up. the Journal of Experimental Social Psychology. The report, Casualties of War and Sunk Costs, Implications for Attitude Change and Persuasion. Where did you get this? From from the Journal of Experimental Social no, Psychology. I mean, well, you're not, it's not like you're out, you get the thing in the mail. No, my how, journal of how, experimental how, psychology just showed up, honey. Hold on a second. How, Let me read it. How little you know about me. Dude, this is the kind of stuff that's on dude. the... Dude, this is the kind of stuff that our producers post on the NoAgendaNewsNetwork.com. Uh, okay. Good this, catch. 
And uh, Science Direct actually uh, was the link to this. But of course, I get the study. You know, people send me the link to the to the right. summary you page. So, but noajandthenewsnetwork.com, if you want to be a producer, send me an email and uh, put uh, N-A-N-N producer in there, and I'll uh, hook you up with an account. So, again, I just, I just want to... PSYOPs, that makes sense. I mean, it just keeps cropping up too much. And a lot of people, of course, are unwittingly using the term, which just adds to the greatness of it's it. It's fantastic. And, and so the actual... Let me read that again, because it's such a beautiful line. A don't-waste-or-sunk-cost mindset sees blood and treasure spent on a war as an investment that can be recouped only by staying the course and winning. Holy moly, it was right in our face. Should I play that blood and treasure thing again? I have it somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a beauty. That's actually a good idea. When, when did I play that? Was that on the... Uh, it was about two uh, or three shows ago. Really? That far ago? And you played it back, uh, well, maybe two shows ago, but you played it at the end of the show, too, as a show ending. Um, okay, hold on a second. I have I, I have a pretty decent system here. We're, this is pretty good. I think this is a good catch. I, you know, I, this, this goes in the next newsletter I send out to the people. By the way, if you're out there listening to this show, please get on our mailing list. And this, you can do that by either looking at the noagendashow.com uh, page or dvorak.org when I post it. It's, there's a little link you can sign up. Um, we also have a new show on the No Agenda stream, which is uh, uh, one of our producers reading our talking points, which is beautiful. It's like, hey, uh, fantastic. Oh, here it is. I've got, I've got the medley. Here we go. I knew I had it. Not just their time, but their treasure. And not waste our precious blood and treasure. The loss in blood and treasure. We must make hard choices about where to spend our blood and treasure. I just don't believe that it is worth the blood and the treasure. In blood and treasure. In my mind, not only are the costs and lives and treasure. With all of the American lives and treasure that were laid down for the lives and the treasure that were expended. A second war was launched in Iraq, and we spent enormous blood and treasure. So I would submit to you, Jean-Claude, that every single politician who uses the term blood and treasure is psyoping you and is actually trying to get you to buy into spending more on military and killing more brown people in deserts. Well, I would agree with the uh, with the Obama and the uh, McCain to some that are in that uh, clips uh, fest that you just played. But I, I'm sure that it, on occasion, one of these boneheads in Congress just hear, hears the term and thinks it's so cool that they use it. <laughs> and they're such idiots that they're playing right along with the game. Yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't say 100%. I say the, the obvious ones are obvious. I mean, McCain... Obama, Kerry, Boehner, and a Boehner, few others yeah, are yeah. obviously in on it. But there, there's probably a couple of dimwits that are just saying it because they think it sounds okay. Coming to a Talking Points memo near you very soon. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda in the morning. Yeah, we do have a few people we want to thank for helping us produce this show, this particular show, uh, show two, t- 320. We are coming up on the 321 show. That's, uh, that's on Thursday. It's on Thursday, and we always have a few people that are itching to be producers on 321, which is, you know, it's a cool a- number. Admirable. Yeah, it's a cool number. 
Uh, let's start with Joanne Thompson in West Lafayette, Indiana. I was just made a donation to the show in the amount of 13776. I did it through PayPal, but wasn't able to leave a message. I'm donating 7110 in honor of my birthday, 711, which is my daughter's birthday. Hey. Wish it could be $711, but I'm unemployed. Oh, and she's sending us support even though she's unemployed? Yes, well, well bless she, your she'll heart. be employed shortly. Also, sixty-six, sixty-six for two podcast licenses, one for me and one for my son, John Thompson. Right on. Sad I have to ask for my own birthday shout-out, isn't it? She's making a hit <laughs> Whoa, there oh, oh, the kids. Oh, boy. Bad. Somebody. Bad kids. <laughs> uh, I could use karma for my eBay store, Evil Moose Auctions. You've got karma. Good name, by the way. I like very that. good name. Evil Moose is very memorable. And Adam was right again. You didn't have to put that in there. About the getting rid of juries. Uh, this was a hot topic on Fox and Friends Yeah, this you know, I tried. They didn't have a clip, uh, but they had um, Huckabee on, and they were literally saying, is it time to get rid of the jury system and get professional juries in? There's a couple of links in the show notes at uh, 320.nashownotes.com. I think I, although it has not like gone rampant the way I hoped it had, I think I said before Sunday you'll see this crop up, and there it is. It cropped up. And by the way, that's a black helicopter you hear in the in the background, cleverly disguised as a vacuum cleaner. Justin uh, Seitz. Seats. No. Seats. Wait a minute. Why do I keep saying Seitz? Is it Seitz or Seats? Hold on. Uh, Justin, send me a note sometime. I won't no, help. this Never is Seitz. No, this is Seitz. I'm sorry. This it's is Seitz. Correct. Yeah. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Beautiful town. This uh, should finish my knighthood at the end of the note. I have all my donations listed in order, blah, 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 which I recommend people do. Can't wait for all the new ideas you'll come up with during the trip, like the ones Miss Mickey told on the N.A. Producers update from the test trip. Um, so I guess she was on a show recently. Yeah, this is the, uh, the NAPU. Uh, no Agenda Producers Update. It uh, kicks in on the stream right after every Sunday show. It'll happen again right after the show today. And, uh, yeah, Mickey was on the show. She was kicking ass. She was, I mean, she really, she's, she's selling it. Well, she can take over my place. No, oh, by the way, she actually said after the show, she said, I feel really, really bad. I said, why? So, well, I... You know, I I didn't talk about the fact that we're going to try and get John out to one of these and do a, maybe a bigger meetup. And she felt really bad that she hadn't uh, propped you. So and but, and she's that's right. It's correct because she loves that, you. Okay, no, she I, I may or may not, you know if there's a real big meetup someplace and I and it's important that I fly out there. I will. Well, we're going to need you, man. What to change the tires? <laughs> no, no, to like uh, press the flash and kiss the babies. Okay, John and Adam, this is James Julian in Hendersonville, Tennessee, $111.11. Uh, hey, John and Adam, I've been a listener for a while now and yet to donate. Glad to be finally a donor, not a boner. I was flying from Nashville to San Jose last weekend, and as I stood there waiting for my pat down, I watched all the slaves pile through the naked body scanner. I realized that if it was not for you two uh, and your amazing show, I would have walked right through the potentially unsafe machine. Thanks for the hours of entertainment every week. Keep up the great work. So, just a note on that. Uh, so, we had a lot of uh, our uh, friends, etc., um, at the party last night, and uh, we have Sean and Jennifer, and they run uh, the hair salon Juan Juan. In, uh, so they're really like he's Iranian. You know, so I was, I'm always talking about how we're going to go kill his people. You know, it's fun. And she is, uh, she's from Rochester, New York. You know, beautiful, like, uh, well, <clears throat> you know, uh, totally one of those. Uh, Milf. That's and, one mother I'd like to. F- and she does a lot of uh, movie stuff in Canada, uh, you know, hair and makeup. 
And so oh, that's why I was amazed they showed up because she's usually working on the weekends. And she, and you know, and she and and of course they're starting to listen to the show and they're hearing my crackpot stuff. She's like, I'm really annoyed because every single time I fly, they always put me through the through the body scanner. I said, Jennifer, look at you, you're hot. They're looking at you naked. And she's like, she, I saw her face go, huh? huh? <laughs> I was like, and you know, you really need to opt out. I can opt out. Yes, Jennifer. Now, of course, someone's going to feel your boobs, but you know, at least they won't have pictures of you. She said every single time they pull her aside specifically. Oh yeah, hey. specifically. Think about it. If you were working for TSA, uh-huh. what would you do? Yeah, of course. That's what I told her. I said, dude, they're they're like you know, self-radicalizing in the back there looking at you. And by the way, step back. I'm horny. You're hot. Chris, Kristen Herzog in Elwood, Illinois. Uh, double nickels on the diamond. He'd like to request a de-douching on general principle. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You've been de-douched. And why not? He says, after 47 years, I could probably use one, even though I don't think I'm a douche in general, but I'm sure the small stuff adds up over time. It does. It's good to have a periodic de-douching. It's, it doesn't it's, hurt. It <clears throat> does not hurt at all. John Tucker, Omaha, Nebraska, <clears throat> double nickels on the dime. Glad to hear the Hot Pockets tour is on. I'm making another plug for the Heartland Liberty Fest on Saturday, August 6th at the Summer Amphitheater at the Papillion, Papillon, Le Papillon, Papillon, Nebraska. I'm sure they pronounce it funnier. <laughs> Just south of Omaha, it's an all-day celebration of liberty with great speakers and three bands. It would be great to see you in the No Agenda Hot Pockets tour of Gitmo Nation. Stop by that day. That would be great. I don't, I don't think we'll make it there in time. It's pretty hard to, to time these things. Yeah. For more information, uh, go to uh, heartlandlibertyfest.com. And then we have a, a few $50 donors I'll mention in order. Uh, Andrew Sawyer in Vancouver, B.C., David Middlebrook in uh, Aberdeenshire, U.K. Aberdeenshire. Uh, George Vanderhorst, Black Knight George. Hey, everybody, it's George. In Katz, in Katz Hovel. Katz Hovel. Uh, uh, Den- uh, D- uh, Holland. <laughs> Tristan Lennon, Sir Tristan, as a matter of fact, to you. Uh, Wagga Wagga. My favorite place, and Tristan Wilson Kerrigan in Padbury, Western Australia, which is a popular name apparently in Australia. Tristan, I want to thank everybody uh, and everybody else who donated uh, for this week's uh, or this show on Sunday, uh, July tenth. And, uh, and for those of you who are new to the program and wonder why we do this, there's a number of reasons for it. But the, the one thing I think that when we started off was so such an eye opener is that the so-called uh, uh, audience-supported public news service, certainly in the United States of Gitmo Nation, is our national treasure, NPR. And, uh, and it's, they're getting so blatant about how they're actually just a commercial organization. Uh, here's another example. Uh, Skillshare.com is offering a course and... Uh, I shall read it to you right now. The course is uh, for uh, executives, for sales executives. It's called Reaching Your Target Audience Through NPR under the Radio Marketing and Advertising heading. That's right. As a part of Launchpad's ongoing monthly Lunch and Learn program, Ryan Bordenov of WWNO, which is a public radio station, will teach you how to reach your target audience through NPR. Includes free lunch from Reginelli's Pizza. <laughs> and uh, like the, we don't do the free lunch. <laughs> no. There's no free lunch, but there. I mean, 
so this is it, people. Do not send your money to them. Send it to us because if they are, if, if, if so, who is the product here? Who who is being sold in our national public radio treasure? You the are audience, the target well, the audience. The audience is the product. You got a problem. Yes, and with because us because they don't care about you anymore. No, they don't care about giving you information. Uh, anyway, we also, by the way, I want to mention we do have another birthday call out we're going to give to uh, one of our artists. Yeah, I've got it. I've got it here. Hold on. We're going to do that. We'll do it properly. I do have, a, right. I do have a karma note from Chris. Uh, hey, I'm the guy who was screwed by the state of California. I was declared ineligible for unemployment benefits because I didn't tell the previous employer that one of my many reasons for leaving, besides a substantial pay increase that, that the newer company offered, was that I'm disabled, knee hip joints. And walking four plus floors in a large hospital was too much. I asked for karma because it was hard, read impossible, getting any IT work in Sacramento. Even if they do want you, they take a long time to decide. And most of it is just temp slash project work. Anywho, the karma seems to have worked. I got a call from Maryland to work at a military hospital in Bethesda. I have the IT certifications they need that few others possess. It's a real IT job, not temp or project. It starts Friday. It kills me to leave the family, but when opportunity knocks, you don't turn up your nose to it. So thanks again, no agenda for the for the for the karma. It works, and I'm very happy about that. So please consider supporting our show, particularly the summer months are very important uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, everything on the internet goes down. Uh, just in, in general, everything is slow. People are on vacation, so we need uh, help in the support picking up the slack. And uh, in addition to that, uh, we've got some extra expenses coming up with the, uh, the f- primarily the gas for the uh, <laughs> that gas you get a your gas bill's going to break us yeah it's uh, 8 miles to the galley yeah it's like we're already coast a lot we're already yeah <laughs> my grandfather used to do that coasting oh, well. he in his rabbit he was 90 years old he said hey let me show you how it's done and he pushes down the clutch and p- throws it in the neutral on the hill yeah that's dangerous yeah and he's like now coasting this is how you save gas when gas was like 50 cents Hey, this is what the NASCAR drivers do when they're driving around the track. When they're running out of gas, they coast. They coast. They in getting the slipstream and coast. Well, yep. I, well, uh, we're gonna have to get in the slipstream of some trucks, some semis. Yeah, get anyway. right behind, like one inch behind the semi, and just hug it. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> so uh, please uh, consider uh, supporting us because it's a little extra expenses, uh, but it's all good because we're gonna be meeting up with a lot of who are very excited about. Uh, meeting as many producers as possible and seeing this wonderful land that is Gitmo Nation because uh, it, it still is a beautiful country with lots of beautiful people. Dvorak.org slash N-A And obviously we have the alternates channel Dvorak.com slash N-A and noagendanation.com That's where you can go and check all of that out. It's your Congratulations with your birthday on behalf of uh, Daddy-O. He requested it special. And by the way, your brother didn't give a crap. Uh, Joanne Thompson uh, congratulates herself. Her birthday is tomorrow, celebrating on 7-Eleven. And Joshua Judd uh, sent out special congratulations to uh, No Agenda art director and producer Jesse Anderson. And of course, uh, we want to give him a happy birthday. And again, thank all of our uh, artists for creating great album art uh, for every single episode of the No Agenda podcast show. It's your birthday, yeah. Right? 
Right. Okay. Um, do you have uh, bladage? Yeah, hold on. There it is. No. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Big one. Yeah. <laughs> well, we need a big one because we have three knights that we are crowning today. Please, Mr. Smith, Brian Ferguson, and Justin Sight, step forward, extend your middle finger or your ring finger, whichever one is better. Due to your uh, support of the No Agenda show in excess of $1,000, we hereby proudly name the Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. Sir Mr. Smith, Sir Brian Ferguson, and Sir Justin Seitz, please accept our rings and your title of Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Have a seat. You know what's there. So apparently, according to Buzzkill Jr., they, they, I didn't when I mentioned the newsletter... Um, I don't have a real link to it. If somebody can give us like a newsletter link that we could just link to the to the URL that's actually the newsletter. Oh, okay, good. Form. Anyway, um, do you have your Sunday segment prep, John? Oh yeah. Okay. John's gonna hum the Sunday time. Why don't you just remind us why we're doing this again? Uh, well, I've taken a subscription out to the New York Times, and so I can get into the brainwashing side of it, but at the same time deconstruct it, you know, hopefully not be sucked in to it. But I, I think and I believe that the New York Times has a lot of messaging for whatever people, and uh, they tell us a lot of things that's going to happen in advance. It's almost like it's almost like it's a lot of stuff in code, it seems to me, and I try to spot a few of these. I can't spot too many, but I can spot a few. And then today's Sunday Times, I'll just read the basic headlines. Is I mean, the big headline in New York is Derek Jeter hit a, a 3,000. <laughs> yeah. That's big news. That, in New by York. the way, you ask anybody what's going on in Libya, uh, I don't know, but Derek Jeter, yeah, they know that. Yeah, they got the whole, the whole. So I'm looking this over, and they have a lot of stuff about the South Sudan. But the kicker, I think, and I'm just going to skip all the, you know, U.S. is deferring millions in aid for Pakistan is a top headline. But the one that got me, I think that's the message that's like, hey, pay attention to this on the front pages in the lower right hand corner in Malaysia, violence at pro democracy rally. Yeah, and they've got colored shirts on. You notice that? Yeah. Yeah, this is interesting. This is like a this is the the model that we've seen over and over again. You have a color, you have a democracy movement, this and and then you have a lot of twitterers and tweeters and all the rest of it in between. And uh that's pretty much uh, as far as I can tell there's some good there's some interesting news inside uh which the Sunday Times tends to load up with and I'll just a couple that I thought were interesting. They're also you should also keep an eye out for Tajikistan. Oh yeah, that's where the uh, that remember that was in the game uh, Call of Duty, right? And so Tajikistan is is it's the top of the international inside the Times. There's a, apparently there's a the gov the, the government there is on edge. Uh, a couple key words in here: uh, extremely poor, mostly Muslim nation of about seven point six million people. Blah blah blah. And uh, they a couple of mentions of uh, some of Georgia spying for the Russians and that's that's that closes the segment. Oh wow. wow. John's gonna hum the Sunday time. Now but there is an adjunct and I want to bring it up which is a which is one of the little Tom Friedman clips I have and which I think relates to this front page of this New York Times and probably the next for the next few months. Play the Friedman on Arab leaders. Oh uh. Oh, and by the way, before you play it, uh, he's called out for being in Syria or, you know, in Lebanon, Damascus, you know, because yeah. 
and and he stutters and stammers because he's like he really just not part of his script to explain why he's all over the world with these things. But but then he, he tells it tells what the, he gives us the message we need to hear. The Syrians every time they walk out the door, they know the army is going to shoot at them and kill them. What's going to happen you know, in Syria? You were a Damascus correspondent for a yeah, while. Beirut, yeah, I mean it's um well I I think that um I I, I guess my my general view is this every single one of these Arab leaders is dead man walking. Yeah. Okay. Um, how, wow. when they go, I can't tell you. Wow. This just in. Is that like the quote of the day? Isn't that beautiful? Wow. Every Arab leader is dead man walking. And I was in Damascus. Holy moly. So you want to hear else who else is thrown under the bus? <laughs> yeah. Play Friedman on Israel. Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. I mean, they've made every mistake in the book. Because uh, they were just the flip side of that. You had Omer. You had an Israeli prime minister who was offering them the Clinton peace initiative. And they, they played games around that. And even let's give Bibi his due. He gave them a nine-month freeze. In month nine, the Palestinians showed up. So, um, I really think this is on a tragic track. You have zero, I think, meaningful leadership on both sides. And um, uh, they're heading for a train wreck at the UN. And I hope we, in America, I, I hope we get out of the way. I, I think that that's the, uh, we, we just need we to get out of the way. We shouldn't veto it? I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about that. I, I don't want to come out yet and say, but I'm, I'm not sure that they don't need some real shock therapy. In other words, I haven't received my, my marching orders yet. I'm not sure what to do yet because I haven't gotten my, my, my uh, handler hasn't told me. Pretty much. Wow. Now, the most amazing clip of the day, in my opinion, because I don't know if he knows what he's saying or, or, or if he does or whatever. But you're going to hear this. You're going to hear this clip. This is the Friedman throwing it in our face clip. Uh-huh. You're going to as you hear this, you're going to hear a, a, a thing in there. You're going to go. You, you, this is a jaw dropper. You're going to go, what? To con- connecting Detroit, Damascus, and Dara. You say, where's Dara? Dara is the dusty Syrian border town where the revolt in oh, Syria okay, began, yeah. um, where they've been feeding through flip cams and um, video cameras and just cell phone cameras. So much information out, despite the fact, you realize Al Jazeera, the BBC, CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, F- New York Times were all banned from Syria. Yet if you, every night, you can watch footage coming out of Dara, and it's all labeled. If you look at the bottom, it's labeled SNN. What is SNN? Stands for Sham News Network. Okay? All right? The five people in the front row here have enough money in their wallet to start Sham News Network. Okay? And um, we have all been learning about this. So what's happened is we've, the world has gone from connected to hyper-connected. Or, Or my friend Dove has a good... Wait, say we've gone from connected to interconnected. Oh my goodness! You mean the Lucifer Clinton News Network? Sham News Network? That's unbelievable. Sham News Network, and he plays it straight. Does he know what the meaning of sham is? I don't think so. He plays it as though he doesn't. It's like sham <laughs> is like some maybe it's an Arab name for hey, my friend Sham is here. I mean, clip of the day, my friend, for sure. Sham News Network? Sham.org. Now, sham is spelled S H A A M. So, this, of course, is the double joke because you, oh. pro- you pronounce it as sham. 
SNN is a group of patriotic Syrian youth activists demanding the freedom and dignity for the Syrian people, supporting the Syrian people's efforts for a democratic and peaceful change in Syria. Yeah, that's how they usually talk. SNN does not have any affiliation with any Syrian opposition parties or other states. Right. <laughs> right. Sham.org. Hold on a second. Let's do a little who is on these bo- on these bozos. And by the way, they, they, Freeman drops these. These guys all are name drops. Who is Dove? My friend Dove. Dove. Yeah, I don't know. So Sham, let's see. Sham is, uh, <clears throat> they are registered in Damascus, which is kind of cool. Huh. Okay, so there's no leads there. I wonder where their servers are. Let's see. Hmm. I'm sure our human resources will get all over this. Where are they hosted? Discountasp.net. Nice. Visit us on Facebook. Visit us on YouTube. <clears throat> they got a phone number here. It's a beautiful looking site, by the way. Events of the Syrian Revolution in English. <laughs> I, but they have a mission statement. Wait, this is a website. It's a WordPress <laughs> site, but it's Syrian Revolution 2011. Oh, yeah. All that's missing is the logos. I love this. Reveal the truth. No, they have for clear vision. Sham News Network for clear vision. What do you oh, think? Oh, they do have a logo. Yeah, they sure do. They got a bunch of different ones. They're pretty cool looking. Wow. One response to today. I guess today's... We'll be posting breaking news from SNN, Sham News Network. Of course, then they have it spelled wrong with S-H-A-M, which is probably spelled right. What am I thinking? What do you think Sham means? What do you think that uh, that translates to? Well, let's find out. Let's ask the Book of Knowledge. You mean consult. The Book of Knowledge. Okay, Sham. Uh... No, professionally as Sham uh, Tamil. <laughs> Sham Tamil. I'm a ding dong. Well, that's a fi- that's a film actor starting his career, so that's no good. <laughs> Began his career in Bangalore. There's no other entry except for this guy, this actor. Actor, get it? Gag? Yeah. Wah, wah, nanu, nanu, humor. Ah, uh, that's clip of the day, John. Because this douche doesn't even understand. I mean, if we were to do something funny, we we could actually come up with this. Hey, I got a great idea. Let's call it the Sham News Network, but we'll spell it S H A A M. Get it? <laughs> Get it? Oh my goodness! And then, and, and he even throws in flip cams. Yeah, kind he said flip cams. That's flip right. Cams. That was kind of interesting. The Sham he was asked. He was asked a uh, not to just belabor this guy because he did have a couple of interesting. He was asked uh, whether by somebody in the audience. You have this book you're talking about, which is a book promoting third parties. Uh, why don't you just put it on the internet if you want to get the stuff out so fast? And the, he stumbles and bumbles again. He blah 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 blah, uh, and he and he, and then he says, "I don't use Twitter. I don't." He doesn't. He doesn't really know much, apparently. Mm. But he he apparently at this meeting he. Let's see if I have. The, I have the clip. It's the, uh, they have a phone number here, which is a California area code. Kind of interesting. Oh, with the Sham News Network. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, their number is. Uh Oh, hold on. I went to New York Times somehow. I don't know how that happened. Anyway, play the Aspen on Facebook clip and, and see if you can spot a little interesting name dropping here. The idea that I'm going to spend a lot of time and think about it. There's going to be some attitudes yeah. and some eyes or whatever. Uh, you began this week 
by saying you'd never use Twitter and never use Facebook at uh, one of our discussions yeah. on the stage. And then I saw you over at Meadows with the founders of Twitter, and they were putting their, you know, Ev and Biz were sort of poking back at you. Uh, do you see your mix of media changing? Do you see yourself wanting to be more engaged in social media? Do you think books will always be the stable uh, form that you yeah. use? Ev and Biz. Ev and Biz. And you can always follow me on Twitter. Yeah. Ev and Biz. Hey. I saw Evan Biz to poking at yeah, you. Yeah, poking at you. Evan Biz poking. Hey, man. Hey, you know who I poked the other day? Evan Biz. Yeah. And uh, what's the what's the broomstick boy? Evan Biz and broomstick boy. Jeez, Louise. I just sound like a douchebag fest. Total douche fest. I got a. Uh, it's, uh, it's time, John, for one of our favorite friends uh, of the show. When we have a somewhat longer clip, but it's always well worth it. Who could that be? I if you're thinking what I'm thinking, that's <laughs> nah, nice. You, you're not bringing in uh, the the preacher, are you? No, 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 oh, okay. no. He's not. I, I, I haven't first. heard the long legged Mac Daddy I guy in him. a while. I got him. I got him. But for Thursday's show, I got a oh, whole special. Oh, oh, we have a long long legged Mac Daddy special on Thursday, everybody. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me do the promo. Coming up this Thursday on the No Agenda Show, the long legged Mac Daddy special. No, this is Nigel Farage. Oh, they are second number what number one or number two on the on the hot list. Yeah, Nigel Farage. Uh, so he's uh, <laughs> now this is extra long. So we have um, so he's always worth it being extra all, long. Always worth, time. always I love worth this it. guy. So um, let's just recall what happened. We had uh, all of the Polish government and half of the elites killed in one fell swoop, one two to the head action with like mist in Russia. And uh, and then they so they brought in uh, the douchebags who now of course are uh, have the presidency of the European Union, so that's the, that's Poland's uh, I think it's the presidency that that's Pol it's their turn, and this is the uh, this is the guy that that we knew was going to be the douchebag and that's you know that's why they had to get all these other people out who didn't actually want to be a part of the EU and didn't want to be a part of the Euro and didn't want the the pipeline running through their uh, through their harbor. And so now this guy's in, and Farage goes out and attacks him, and uh, and there's a rebuttal as well. But the whole thing is just funny because you've got Barroso, who of course is the chief of Starfleet Command, and uh, he hates it when he has to introduce Farage, and it's just it's a <laughs> great clip. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good. Because yeah, he's on a list, right? There's probably like a list of names, and he says, "Oh God, what can we can we put this off till tomorrow?" Nah, this guy's just number one on the hate list. Nigel Farage of the uh, the UK Independent Party. Wider by the day, I have to ask you, having listened to your words this morning, just what planet are you on? This pretense that everything's going incredibly well. The EU is mired in deep structural crisis. Greece and Portugal and Ireland cannot survive inside the Euro. The Danes have torn up the Schengen Agreement, and good for them, because the total free movement of peoples is a completely irresponsible thing to have done. And public opinion is saying, whilst they want a European cooperation, Yes, of course I agree with that. What they don't want is this Europe run by unelected bureaucrats like Mr. Barroso. You say the EU is fantastic in a recent comment. You're supporting the destruction of national democracy. But it's with reference to Greece that I'm most concerned about you because uh, when faced with their recent enslavement, you said, 
We lived for many years as a non-sovereign non country under Soviet occupation. For us, European integration is not a threat to sovereignty because we experienced not long ago a serious threat to our sovereignty. So what are you saying? That this isn't quite as bad as the USSR? Is that really good enough for your people? And today you describe Greece's problems as trivial. I'm sorry, there are hundreds of thousands of people out there on the streets of Greece fighting to get their democracy back. And it beggars belief that you and our president, you and our president Mr Buzek, can talk about the solidarity movement, can talk about Poland getting its democracy back 20 years ago, and yet here you are, surrendering the democracy and sovereignty of Poland to a failed European Union. Yes, sir, we all want a shared European cooperation for the future, but this most definitely is not the model. Uh, thank you, Mr. Co-President. Ms. Barroso. Uh, are you ready to answer the blue card question? Uh, look, this is great. They have a blue card question. What is this blue? Are they, are they in a <laughs> soccer game? They hold up a blue card? <laughs> it's crazy. Mr. Goebbels, blue card. Mr. Goebbels, hello. Art question. Blue card question. Mr. Farage, me rappelle to. Thank you, President. Mr. Farage is, is a little bit like a cockerel. You know, he's sitting on a heap of unmentionables and uh, going cockle doodle do. But apart from the criticism, what about suggestions? I haven't heard a single constructive suggestion as to how we could change Europe. You know, what ideas do you have for the future of this continent, then, Mr. Farage? Uh Post-1945, there were some very sensible ideas put together, namely the Council of Europe. Let's have a Europe where we sit down together, where we have a free trade agreement, where we agree minimum standards on work, on the environment. We can do all of these things without a European Commission, without a European Parliament, and without a European Court of Justice. We've done it in security terms with NATO. Yes, it'll mean you'll lose your job, Mr. Barroso, but apart from that, apart from that, why can't we do things as mature democracies. Yes, I want you sacked, Mr. Schultz, as well. I want you all fired. We can do those things, and that is a positive way forward. <laughs> I want you all fired. <laughs> oh, I love this guy. He's right. Of course he's right. It, by the way, I think it's a blue card as in blue pill. So you've got the red pill, the blue pill, and the, the blue card is like, do you want something that is just Matrix? I got a blue card a question. A blue card question. This is how stupid it's gotten there. Blue card question. Jeez Louise. Uh, Nigel Farage. What a, what a fantastic guy. He cracks me up. and, uh, and he's, I, th I agree. He's right. He's just right. Well, it'll have to fall apart on its own. The bankers will eventually put an end to it. Gitmo Nation Lowlands uh, is following along with Progressive. Uh, now they have, this is a, a worldwide, uh, this is how they do it. We, you know, we were predicting GPS devices and cars for years. We've been talking about this and the way they're integrating it is by saying, Hey, you want uh, low insurance rates? Well, you got to get the, uh, the black box, the GPS black box. Now, um, the first, uh, in, uh, insurance provider in Gitmo Nation Lowlands is, uh, Saying, hey, if you get the black box, uh, it's great, by the way, because uh, if you're in an accident, it uh, it will call in the uh, the ambulance for you. 
It checks your uh, your driving habits. Yeah, it can lock you out of your car. That's what the next. That's step the is. next step. Yeah, the next step yeah. is like OnStar. He <laughs> was like, "Please blow in the tube before entering vehicle." <laughs> Entrant denied. Yeah, no, that's a foregone conclusion. Most of these cars, uh, since for the last almost the last ten years, have had a black box installed anyway. Uh, United States, they're, they're yeah, they do. It's uh, when your airbag deploys. There's all kinds of stuff that's already in there, right? Yeah, there's a lot of information. Yeah, I know. Uh, but they 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 can just and, and as the technology improves, I mean, essentially, it's the price of memory. Uh, they'll flash memory. Uh, you can build these things up so they pretty much can document everything you do in the car. Turn when to tell you when they turn the radio on, how loud you had the radio on. So when you're driving along, get into an accident, somebody can, you know, some other insurance company can get your black box and through through discovery, yeah, and say, oh, this person has yeah. radio on way too loud, and it was like it was just, <laughs> it's radio. <laughs> Seriously, hey, we detected smoke. You were on yeah, smoking, you were smoking, in, dope. smoking in the car. <laughs> you didn't have both hands on the wheel. <laughs> So at some point, you could document everything, including both hands on the wheel. Uh, you know, you, it's just, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's Gitmo. It's, it, it's Gitmo. It's, just, it's totally Gitmo, and it's and it's and it's seems to me not to be that difficult to do. Yeah. I have a question for you, John, from the technology uh, department. Yeah, because you are, of course, our resident uh, wine judge and technology expert, techno expert. I'm a techno expert. So I was watching C-SPAN despite, uh, you know, the party and everything. I did have time. And uh, there was a very, very long hearing uh, with Department of Homeland Security. Did you see this, uh, this, this douche nozzle Schaefer? And they're talking about components coming in from uh, overseas. Of course, they mean China. Already preloaded with spyware and keyloggers and stuff like that. Did you see this? <coughs> no, I didn't, but I know that's been going on. Well, so here's what's, uh, and you'll just tell me when you've heard enough of the clip, but it's so entertaining, you almost don't want to stop. So we've got uh, a question is being asked about, you know, of this Department of Homeland Security douche nozzle, Schaefer, saying, is it not true? That there is spyware already pre-installed in all of the stuff that we have. And, of course, you know, this is the same stuff that the government uses because it's all private contracts. And the guy doesn't want to answer the question. Oh. And the reason why is because, of course, they're the ones installing it. Of course, it's the government inst- pre-installing this spyware into our computers. And that, and he does not want to answer the question. Oh. Thank you. I, uh, I will uh, now recognize myself for, for five minutes. Um, one of the emergency national security concerns is that you have software, infrastructure, uh, hardware, other things that are built overseas that come to the United States with um, uh, items that are embedded already in them by the time they get here to the United States. Um, this poses obvious- Are you clipping your nails? No. Obviously, security and intellectual property risks. What, A, is this happening, Mr. Schaefer, and B, uh, what are we going to do to to fight back against this? Uh, Thank you, sir. The, uh, clearly, supply chain risk management is an issue that the administration is focused on, that uh, Homeland Security working with uh, partners uh, at the table. And how? How how are they focused on? I mean, is this happening? Uh, So, is this happening? 
Whether or not um, there are specific examples of insertions uh, is something I'd rather talk about in another I'd rather not. It's, it's just a yes or no question. Is this happening or not? Um, we believe that there are, is significant <laughs> risk in the area of supply chain. Is it happening to the best of your knowledge? <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I, thought I, I thought I threw you a softball to no, begin with. No, no, thank, is this happening or not? Thank you. I, I missed the very beginning of the question and the wording <laughs> that you gave me, and I, I apologize. I don't want to get this wrong. Um, What's there Can to get wrong? <laughs> he's, he's trying to. He has he, his IFB isn't working. There's no one telling him what to say. So he he's not. I'm going to get so fired for this. I'm so screwed if I if I do this wrong. Are there any? Are you aware of any component software hardware coming to the United States of America that are already embedded that have have security risks already embedded into those those components? Uh, I, I am aware that there have been instances where that has happened. <laughs> So what are you doing? What is Homeland Security doing about What can we do about this? This is one of the most complicated and difficult challenges that we have. <laughs> um, the, the range of issues... Uh, so it just goes on from there, but it, it, uh, the, clip, the full clip will be in the show notes, 320.nashownotes.com. So it's clear that the guy, you know, he can't say no, because if it comes out later, the truth, of course, which is that uh, the, our own government is having this stuff installed so we can spy on the people and other departments with on each other in the government. He doesn't want to you know, get thrown in jail for lying. So he can't say no, but he doesn't want to say yes either, because, you know, then the question will be, well, well, where's this coming from? Who's doing it? He's really frightened, this guy. And he's just a low level douche nozzle. Wow. So this is a, a, a great piece of testimony. I forget which congressman. Uh, well, there's this for the person. last 10 years. Uh, there's been some pretty elaborate and interesting key loggers um, that uh, keyboard loggers that essentially record everything you do into a file in terms of keyboard activity mm -hmm. and then sends it off in an email surreptitiously. And most people don't know how much stuff's being sent from their computer at any given time anyway. All you have is a flashing light on your cable modem. Right. Things constantly sending data. You don't know what it's doing. And uh, there was a company in New Zealand that specialized in uh, a very interesting uh, key log system because most of the stuff, if you, have, if you have two or three different good versions of some anti-spyware and antivirus software, you can spot the key loggers unless they're built in as a rootkit on your operating system. Generally speaking, you can get them off of there. But there are some hardware key loggers that you can't do anything about. And the best ones were made out of New Zealand some years ago. Uh, and they were exact copies of, uh, well, they weren't copies, they took it like a Dell keyboard that would go with one of their top machines that would be sold to the government, and in the keyboard, they would actually put the key logging hardware, and it would do all the stuff in the keyboard as you were typing, and then the keyboard would have ever so often talked to the mailing system or, or to some some piece of right. software that would then send the data to the home base. Right. So the so the issue is actually the keyboard itself. In fact, I have one of these Apple wireless uh, keyboards. I should probably throw that out. We need to well, get wooden I keyboards. I mean, it would be very easy to intercept an Apple wireless keyboard, which uh -huh. is possibly the reason that they're so popular. <laughs> of course. Promoted. You know, we uh, need we need to have no agenda keyboards and a, a secure keyboard. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, actually. made made of wood. 
a secure <laughs> keyboard, uh, you know, from a, but the thing is you'd have to have it manufactured from somebody. You'd have to have it checked. You'd have to have uh, some hardware guys go over it to make sure you don't have it, you know, any spurious circuits. But that's, I think it's the keyboards nowadays that where, where the spying takes place right at the keyboard level. Right. Totally impossible to, to detect. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Well, yeah, we're all going to die. Yeah. Hey, there was an interesting bill. You know how I love to read uh, thomas.lock.gov. Uh, July 6, 2011, Mr. Crawford introduced a bill, which is H.R. 2411, known as 2411. And uh, would you like to know the subtitle of this, uh, this uh, bill? Here it comes. The Reduce America Debt Now Act of 2011. Uh, here it is. It's uh, <laughs> voluntary withholding from payroll for reduction of the public debt. In general, an employee may elect for an employer to deduct and withhold upon the payment of wages by such employer amounts to be used to reduce the public debt. This is where we've gotten to now. So you can go to your employer and say, you know, I'm rocking it so big time on my uh, paycheck. I would like to you to deduct some of my pay and give it to the government. In addition to my taxes, give it to the government to pay down the public debt. Is this, am I crazy or is this just like, who's going to do this? Nobody, but I, I think you're, I think there's a, there's a secondary point here. I think the idea is to establish a precedent and a mechanism so you can do this. Oh, geez. Oh, my goodness. Sorry for taking the Lord's name in vain. Wow. Bing. Hello. Yes. You got it. Of course. It, we need the legal framework and then we can make it mandatory. Well, not only mandatory, but no, it would always be voluntary. It would be like this. Well, Adam, uh, I see that uh, you haven't been supporting your congressman uh, and police department oh, with the volunteer wow. donations, have you? Oh, my goodness. You don't have to. You don't have to. It's no, just you don't have to, thing. but, you know, it's But, you know, the guy next door has uh, donated $2,000 to help uh, keep us, uh, you know, in business. Hey, oh, I'm sorry. Did, did, that wind, did that rock go through your window? Oh, check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Amendment to the 1986 tax code of the IRS Eternal Revenue. Uh, amended by striking or at the end of paragraph, blah, 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 and then inserting the following new paragraph. Any amount deducted and withheld pursuant to an election under Section 2 of the Reduce America Debt Now Act of 2011. There you have it. Wow. A form of uh, the, the, the creation so wait a minute. So you of can... an extortion scheme to, to, to basically extort the public legally. Oh, I think I'm going to throw up. Wow, I didn't. I, I thought I knew it was bad. I didn't know it was that bad. Well, I mean, what else would it be? Yeah, I know you're so right. You know, I was in uh, Ralph's um, thir- Wednesday night, a uh, Thursday night, because uh, I, I wanted to get balloons for Mickey. And of course, I slept during the day because I get I really. You used by the, I thought you'd get the balloons on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of something else. No. Never mind. Oh. So I go to Ralph's, which is kind of like a mid-range kind of supermarket, and it's in the evening. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I go to the counter, because you have to have them inflated with helium, and you know, I, I pick out my balloons, and I'm like, there's no one there, and I'm waiting. And I'm like, you know, so finally I spot a guy who looks all flustered. He's the manager. I say, hey, man, you got anyone for the balloons? Yeah, I guess I'm going to. And then Freddie comes over. Freddie's probably about 55. He's uh, Mexican, American-Mexican, you know, American citizen, I presume. 
And it's taken a while because, you know, I got a whole bunch of balloons and he's blowing them up. And I'm like, hey, Freddie, man, your uh, your manager seems like kind of uh, freaked out. And he said, Freddie says, yeah, you know, it's like we got no people here. And because uh, there were only two checkout lines and it was like long lines. And, and the Ralphs has like 14 check, 15 checkout lines. He says, you know, we got no people. So what are you talking about? Yeah, no, we're trying to compete now with uh, Walmart and Target who are selling food and uh and, uh, you know, right now we're in uh, negotiation. My union is about to agree to a $2 per hour pay cut, and he has to pay for 50% of his uh, health benefits. And this guy can't make more than 10 bucks an hour. And I'm like, wow. I said, and, and isn't Obamacare supposed to take care of that? And he looks at me. Freddie looks at me and goes like, they better not reelect that cocksucker. <laughs> I'm like, Okay, Freddie. But can you believe that? You know, the the, the uh, Walmart up in Port Angeles, in the Port Angeles area, in the town of Squim, have decided to start selling food. And they literally put our favorite grocery out of business, out of business, out of business. And it's, and it's crap. Down and the marketplace, SARS marketplace yeah. grocery store, which is a great place, had some of the best deals on everything and a lot of ethnic food that you can't get any place up in the peninsula and just they shut down because of walmart shut them down yeah and 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 walmart and freddie was saying he said, walmart that's crap he said it's, it's sawdust packaged it's crap so we well, have we have a target least- down the street from me here in the uh, northern silicon valley area and they have a big food section they don't i don't see anybody shopping in there and all this stuff is just pre-packaged you know, there's not a lot of. I mean, they got a fruit and vegetable section, but the whole thing is just it's, it's crap. It's sterile crap. Yeah, it's, it's crap. A crap section. It's not food. It's crap. You know, they have. You know, remember to visit poopburger.com. I have uh, two clips, and then uh, that's kind of what I have. I think you might have a clip left. I have um, another piece from uh, C-SPAN, uh, which. And I, 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 I want to listen to the whole thing, two and a half minutes. This is Representative DeFazio, and he has uh, introduced a bill calling for an audit of the Pentagon, uh, which, is, of course, is a good idea. But in this rant, uh, which I think is called his turn at bat, he gives us information that I did not know and is such an outrage if the American public, act, you know, if Anderson Pooper were to get on the box and start hammering this like he hammers the, the Casey Anthony trial. People might actually get an audit done, and we'd be all freaked out when we find out the truth. This is the biggest expenditure. This is what our taxes go towards. This is what no one wants to reduce because, as the president said, we can't just lop off 25%. We can't just lop that off. We can't do that. we got to make sure our soldiers are safe. The gentleman's recognized for five minutes. Colleagues, 1990, Congress passed a law that required that all all federal agencies, including the Department of Defense, must have auditable financial statements every year. Since that time, the Department of Defense has spent $10 trillion, $10,000 billion, and yet no audit has been conducted. In fact, uh, there are numerous uh, problems with accounting at DOD and their financial management has been rated as high risk by the Government Accountability Office. Unfortunately, uh, the Pentagon, being incapable of being audited, sought an exemption from audits. 
So in 2005, Congress passed a ban on completing an audit. It was contained in Section 376 of the 2006 National Defense Authorization Act. But in 2007, or 2009, Congress got tough and they said, well, look, we've exempted you from audits, but let's have a goal, not a mandate, a goal of you doing an audit by 2017. Yet last September, in a hearing, Pentagon officials stated that meeting an, a deadline of 2017 for ever having their first ever audit of their books, and they will spend $4 trillion between now and 2017 without an audit, uh, they said they would need more money, more money to be auditable. That's chutzpah. That's <laughs> incredible. So what we're attempting to do here tonight is to say that we're going to suspend the exemption. The DOD, it's time for them to get their books in order. There is nothing, nothing more important for our men and women in uniform than to know that every dollar, every precious tax dollar is being spent properly to give them the tools they need to defend our nation. And the taxpayers of this country, concerned about our massive deficit and the concerns that are being expressed here in these deficit and debt talks downtown, the taxpayers need to know that we're not wasting money in the single largest annual account of the federal budget, which is not audited, the expenditures of the Pentagon. In, 19, uh, in fiscal year 2010, half of DOD's contract awards were not competed. That's half. 140 billion of them, uh, there was no competition at all. And in 48 billion, there was one, one competitor. So we have a lot of work to do here. The, uh, in 2000, the Pentagon Inspector General found that $7.6 trillion in accounting errors, uh, you know, of, of, en of entries, $2.3 trillion, quote, were not supported by adequate audit trails or sufficient evidence to determine their validity. I mean, we don't know where that $2.3 trillion went. <laughs> there you go. Adios, mofo. Wow. $2.3 trillion and unauditable <laughs> by law, by, by congressional mandate. Yeah, that's our Congress. That's what people you voted in. Uh, am I supposed to be depressed or is there a, a ray of hope somewhere? There's no ray of hope. <laughs> yeah, there is. The aliens are coming. They, so, uh, they will save us. I don't have anything to top that. I do have a kind of an amusing, uh, since, you know, people are always saying where well, we're calling out different people as, as sleazeballs and douchebags, and we tend to point the finger at the Obama administration. But you know, the right wing, the right wingers, the conservatives have got their own share of these people. And I was just irked to no end because this woman, Ann Coulter. Yeah, that's debatable if she's a woman. She comes on, she's pushing, she's got, she basically is a book writing machine. Mm -hmm. And she cranks out books and she, you know, they're not, you know, they get, have you read them? I've, I've never read her books. She uh, makes a lot of money. She's a good, she's actually a pretty good public speaker when you get to hear her too. She's not bad, but she's really a, something, I mean, she is a douchebag of the highest <laughs> order. I heard she was a transsexual stage dancer in Florida. Yeah, that's a myth. I don't think it's true. She's got an Adam's apple. Yeah, she's so skinny. I think anybody would. Okay. But anyway, it's beside the point. She is part of the classic, uh, you know, she pretends to be in the Tea Party, and she's, she says she's a big shot conservative. and she is, But she's one of those checklist conservatives that's really more of a Nazi. 
I hated it. <laughs> you know, that. I, I, that's a very good description. <laughs> and she, and it, it comes on that she has, she has nothing but disdain. Like a lot of these people, I would put a bunch of these so-called conservatives in this camp. Disdain, increased disdain for the libertarians of the country. Complete disdain for anybody who questions government interference in private life. They always talk a big game, but when it comes down to it, they are all for it. I mean, this is, you know, we, we had this problem with George Bush. So anyway... She's on with Stossel, who is a notorious libertarian, and he brings up the one thing about legalizing drugs. He doesn't really bring it up, but I mean, and we're talking about when we talk about legalizing drugs, drugs we're talking about decriminalizing. And there's a the rationale for doing that is, and and Portugal is the best example, uh, which is the no one wants to talk about how great it turned out in Portugal, but it did. And and all she does instead of even arguing the point, she just mocks him. And because he had to let her on to plug her book, he doesn't really back, you know, he, he just says it, we'll, we'll discuss it some other time. But she has this little laugh, this phony baloney laugh that she throws out. And I, I kind of emphasized it at the end by by, by looping it. <laughs> but th- th- I just found this extremely annoying. Yeah, I don't, sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I, I really de- detest this woman's attitude. How about the drug war? That's a Republican scheme. Oh, then, you libertarians on the drug war. <laughs> The Republican scheme. Oh, when I come back and we discuss libertarians, I'm going to point out that amidst this mass of regulation, you people cannot stop talking about legalizing drugs, and you'll deny it. So, viewers, remember that. No, it's a big that. one. It's a big one. All right, we will. We will come back to that. Thank you very much, Ann Coulter. <laughs> And by the way, he just talked about the drug war. He didn't say anything about legalizing drugs. He just thought it was a phony baloney operation started by the Republicans. And then she jumps all over him. I mean, really, people have to rethink their attitude toward her. Uh, Well, I know your attitude has always been bad, but (laughs) she shows up with the right arguments generally. But she's she is one of these people. She's an idiot and an annoying bitch. I said it. They're all annoying. Everyone on television is annoying. And in fact, I get it's a real downer, but we sit, you know, John and I do this all week. We sit there and watch all this crap so you don't have to. And I love it when people send us messages that say, I don't need to watch any of that crap because you guys are doing it for me. And you'll filter it and give me at least probably a a truer representation of what's being said and what the messaging is versus, you know, it's tiring. It's tiring when you have to sit through this. Oh. You think I don't get mind controlled by blood and treasure? That's why. Yeah, you, no, actually, we always. That's the big fear that I always have when I now that I'm a subscriber to the New York Times. Yeah, you're, you're lost, my friend. You have to really be on your best game. Yeah, because you can. And I've done it before. I remember incidents during the show uh, for the last couple of years. Every once in a while, I'll come up with something. And I'll because I'm, I see it from a certain perspective, and then it turns out, and then you you catch me, and say, wait a minute, you're actually seeing it from the right, and then you have the right perspective, and and I and I th- I do it with you once in a mm-hmm, while, mm-hmm. and it's galling, yeah, it's uh, because it's like that son of a bitch, I was tricked, and we, and that's one of the reasons, by the way, we can't do the so sh- the show solo. Oh no, no, no! It, you, you can't. You, you lose. You will lose out and and become a a, a mumbling mass of goo. 
Yeah, and so, but the point is, it's so easy to get sucked in, and this blood and treasure thing, which I glad that you you found the, the source, well, I, or listeners did, uh, is like uh, a good example of you know it, it, we knew it was something weird about it, but we couldn't put our fingers on what we just knew it was weird, but we couldn't document anything, and boom, yeah, and, and uh, that you know, so it's very easy, it's very actually very difficult to fight it. It's tiring, and yet you have you uh, you have to really be in the right mind frame to to do this. I mean, I have to have the sound off if I'm too tired and I just can't watch anything. I will say one thing that's interesting because I've caught and you have too caught more than a few things because we'll clip them off TV thinking that's a good clip for reason A, but then when you listen to it without all the body language and all the other, you just listen to the words, you find reason B that it's interesting. Exactly. And I've run into more things. I actually, some of my best stuff on this show has been because I've listened to the clips after I clipped them and heard something new. You got to go back from to and and that and well, it's just it's it's how we hear different things in the bad acting segments and when the visuals are not there, and all of a sudden it becomes very clear. <sighs> and now I am tired. I do want to mention for the many people who ask, this is the Marriott Jazz Quintet. The title of this track is On the Seventh Day. It is a pod-safe track, and many people ask me about it because they love it. It's kind of soothing. It kind of brings you into the, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like our birthing process, this track. So after the show is done, so you can kind of like be birthed back into the cruel, evil world. <laughs> Wait a minute, where are we? <laughs> hey! All right, John, as always, uh, Jean-Claude, good to talk to you. Uh, and, uh, I'm spent. All right, well, oh, oh, sign I'm off. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, no Agenda Producer Update coming up right after the show ends on the stream. NoAgendaStream.com. From Gitmo Nation West, People's Republic of Southern California, IA, where I am very happy and have the munchies. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where uh, we have our kind of a summer going on, which is fine with me. I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda. Adios, mofo. Dvorak.org slash N-A